Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Running System Podcast. Today, I have my good buddy, Khan, from uh, Top Martial Arts. Khan, why don't you introduce yourself? How's it going, guys? Uh, first time on a podcast, so bear with me. <laughs> really quickly, um, is your, what's, your, what's your actual name, Khan? Uh, it's Khanakon. It's uh, K-O-N-A-K-O-N, but, you know. K-O-N-A-K-O-N. Growing up, Khan-a-con. people just could not get it. I mean, I was, uh, it's actually in the doctor last week, and a lady called me over, and she's like, Kanokin and I was like <laughs> yeah no just uh just Khan's fine so I just I had a friend when I used to live in New Jersey and he um told him my name and he was like oh no we're not doing that we're just call you Khan and it just kind of stuck so that's okay. kind of where the name came from it's pretty interesting because I was wondering if it was like an abbreviation of, of something yeah it's it's short for Khanakon so yeah. but okay. everybody just calls me Khan and that's Dominican, right? No, actually, the uh, the name has Venezuelan background. Um, I guess my dad spent some time in Venezuela and just uh, met some tribal leader, and they became friends. And he he was named Conacon. For some reason, he decided to name me that, and that's kind of just one of those things. But you know what? In its own, it's pretty cool. There's only really one person named me. Conacon. I, yeah. I could kind of be just a regular John Smith, but, you know. Luckily, my record's clean, so <laughs> if you hear my name, it's like, okay, cool. And then your last name is uh, Cab- Cabrera. Cabrera. Yeah, Cabrera. Cabrera, okay. which is really a common Hispanic name. And actually, there's a Filipinos have that name as well. I guess there was some sort of mixture between yeah. some Hispanics and Filipinos. Well, and Filipinos, like, they were conquered by the Spanish. Yeah. So, like, a lot of their names are, like, Hispanic. So, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so. a lot of their words are Hispanic, too. Yep. So, at this point. fun fact is I actually... Uh, you know, just like everybody probably has done in their life is Google their name and Googled my name and redirects me over a Facebook link and I click on it. And sure enough, there's another Con Cabrera on Facebook. And I said, nah, this isn't me either. Someone stole my identity. But no, it's uh, there's definitely is another Con Cabrera out there. We're actually Facebook friends. I never talked to the guy. I'm just his friend just to say that okay. I'm kind of friends one of those, with myself. One of those weird things. You're just like starting <laughs> yeah, adding yeah, with the same yeah, name. Yeah. There's actually a lot of people named Max Trong out there. Yeah. Like an insane amount because Max is a common name. Yeah. And then Trong is like a hugely common last name. Interesting. Um, and just so you guys know, uh, Khan's wife. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Percy. She's she's going to be cooking dinner. So if you guys hear some noises, that's her. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm completely okay with all these random noises. My brother actually complained to me last time because... Um, I was eating like Starburst or something. Yeah. And he complained. You could hear you chewing. Yeah. Oh my God. I would have probably turned off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's I mean, certain, there's, for, there's certain noises that I can't stand. And like, that's probably. Yeah. Like them. the AMSR noises. Yeah. Or the, uh, what's another one? Just, uh, I can hear you breathing. So if I'm breathing into the mic, let me know and I'll step away. Yeah. I mean, I have that issue too. Cause I mean, I've, I've been, I don't know if it's sick or not, but I've been having this weird nasally congestion and cough lately it's that time of the season so i mean it's it's going yeah. around i mean my youngest one was sick and the last couple of days we took her into the doctor and luckily it was just an ear infection but runny nose coughing I mean, ear infection is still pretty pretty better bad. than the flu though i hey, i guess uh, and you have two kids right three actually. three yeah okay yeah, so you I have, have a i have a older the oldest one is 15 and then um her name's ava and then elijah's the middle one eight-year-old boy and then zoe's our Youngest, which is seven. Uh, Elijah and Zoe are only 18 months apart. Okay, so that's that's the one I saw running around. 
Yes, that's the one that wanted to greet you and give okay. you the tour yeah. around the, the house. The one that locked us out. Yes, okay. the one that locked us out. All right. Dad out of the, her, his own house. So, all right. Do, do they want to do jujitsu like you? Because I know, like, obviously, you're a jujitsu guy. Um, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I honestly think Zoe would be more receptive to it. My yeah, youngest she, one. She's the um, one I saw. Yeah. You brought her in a couple times. She, I've, I've, she's been in a few pictures and she kind of likes going there and just rolling around. Elijah, he's tried a couple classes. He's just, you know, he's just, he's not feeling it right now. And I just don't want him to um, find himself in a situation where he feels forced to doing it. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest. I hated contact sports. I grew up and played basketball a lot. Um, tried baseball. wasn't my thing. Did some football. Just never really liked being close to people and just... I can get that. Kind of just, I guess, some sort of level of germophobia. But uh, I grew up... I'm not grew up. I'm sorry. I uh, turned 30 and uh, just kind of bored of lifting weights and doing the same routine, routine over and over and over. And, over. and uh, my buddies in New Jersey were starting jujitsu and I remember seeing them on Facebook and I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. So I, uh, I tried it and, and I was hooked. It was just one of those things like, this is different. You know, I'm one of those people that get bored very easily doing the same routine. And, you know, it's like, it's funny now I, you know, looking for work and going through different employers. Jujitsu is one of those things I actually come back to and say in my interviews, cause it's different. You know, I'm, I look for positions that are different at work. I don't want to go in and do the same thing and over and over and over. I get yeah. extremely bored. Yeah, I get that. So you wanted to do jiu-jitsu, but you didn't want to branch out to do anything else, like maybe do some striking or anything? Uh, No, honestly, just jiu-jitsu is kind of just what I want to do. I know me and you have talked about doing stand-up and trying to fill that hole <laughs> in my game yeah. since you have that stand-up. <laughs> but, you know, it's just... I know I need to work on it, but it's one of those things where it's like I've seen so many like people thrown and just with my luck, I'll probably land on my neck and end up on a, in a wheelchair or something. I'm yeah. just, you know, I'd rather just pull guard. <laughs> that, that's always the biggest fear when people come up to me. They're like, hey, I want to learn judo throws. Or I want to learn some wrestling or something. And then they're like, oh, I'm always afraid that I'm going to end up in a bad position or like I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I get it. It makes sense because our mats aren't soft at all. It's pretty much just like, it's pretty much just like a layer of cloth over concrete, <laughs> but pretty much. Yeah. I, I get what that comes from. Yeah. Um, and the reason I asked about your kids is because, you know, having done jujitsu for like over a decade and having even taught kids classes, I see parents that are like really forceful with their kids. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I, you know, he has a real interest in baseball. Okay. Um, and it's in his that's, that's, that's kind of where he's focused on right now. It's either that or video games. Just he's a regular boy, you know. He just likes to do those things, you know. Um, maybe one day when he gets his butt beat at school, he'll, that perspective will change, and that's kind of what I'll introduce. Like, hey, you know, this is something you can use to feel better about yourself and defend yourself. You know, I think, <laughs> I think sense. honestly, you know, everybody's been there. We've all gotten our asses kicked in school at yeah. least once, and I have. And, you know, I felt like if I had jujitsu at the time, I probably would have defended myself better. But I, I feel like now physical bullying isn't really a, a huge thing anymore. Yeah. It's more like the online. It's more mental and yeah. more online. I agree. Yeah. Does he uh, get bullied in video games? Does he play online? He plays on. I mean, he just plays Fortnite online. And okay. Well, yeah, there's a lot of bullies on there. He's remarkably good, very good at 
at Fortnite. It's pretty amazing. I mean, he'll ask me to play with him when we'll play, and he'll just go ahead and literally carry me to victory. I can't. I'm not a big fan of the game, but he he's really good. So you guys play games together? We do. It's mostly just Fortnite. Okay. I'm you more ever... of an RPG type of guy. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask. You ever play anything else? Yeah, so um, I don't tend to ever finish video games. Um, I've been a gamer all my life. Uh, my dad started me when I was really young with, you know, the Super Nintendo or the NES, I should say. And uh, just migrated from Sega to PlayStation, Xbox. I've had them all. And, um, but I, I will say I started playing World of Warcraft back in 2008. And that ruined a lot of gaming for me because it was just, wow, all the time. You know, I've missed so many games. Yeah, you got addicted to it. I got addicted to it. And it, it, it wasn't an addiction where I was not going to work, but it was an addiction where is that I just wanted to play that. Like, I didn't and care if there was remarkable games in the scene. It was, I just needed to play WoW. Okay. Do you still play it? I don't. Honestly, I've tried to get back into it. I just don't have the time or the desire. I actually heard that it it got kind of bad later on. It like has deep it, into it because it's like what twelve installments in or something. No, it's seven, and it, and it's not the installment that kind of ruined the game. It's just everything's so easy. There used to be this feeling of accomplishment, you know. It's um, it's not there anymore. It's more or less like okay, well, if I play this for a half hour, I get everything everybody else gets that grinded for three months. Like, that was the allure of playing. It was uh, getting that one piece of gear, but that's not there anymore. So now there's this thing where they just relaunched Classic WoW, which is like the original yeah. game. And I played that initially when it came out, and, you know, the wait times were an hour and a half to get online, hit a server, and it was just like, got to level 50 and just, nah. Kind of gave up on it. Yeah, just, I guess I'm just older now and those things don't really mean anything to me i just can't sit there and say well i can go ahead and uh play for four hours and be fine but no i can use those four hours to learn something new in my career or you know spend that time with my kids or yeah. train yeah i mean they're doing a lot a lot now with video games they're remastering it basically yeah and it's i mean for some of them i get like if they re like when they remastered uh what's it called halo Mm-hmm. You ever play Halo? Yeah, I played the original one. That's the game I grew up with. Yeah. Like, that was like the first video game I actually played. And so when it came out remastered, obviously, you know, I just, that's that's just what I wanted to do. But yeah, I mean, I get it because it, it did get pretty boring. Like as I was playing, I was like, okay, this is why I stopped playing. Yes. Yeah. It's just I the same thing over and I over again. I think I beat Halo like three times. And then after that, it was like, I've just never been an FPS kind of guy. Yes. Yeah. Always role-playing. I'm big into uh, Zelda. is one of my bigger ones. Uh, just recently, a buddy of mine from work uh, let me borrow his PS4 just because I don't really want to buy one now just because PS5 is probably around the corner. It's not yeah, a good yeah, investment sure. right now. Yeah. So uh, he let me borrow his uh, console, and I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And even after 30 minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I don't want everyone. Last night I played, and my wife was like, you're done? And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to play it. I just... Do you, have a, kind of do you have a Switch? I do. I do have a Switch. I have a Switch with various games on it. Um, probably about 30, and I've only finished, oh my God. Only finished one. Do but I don't, I don't really buy them on, uh, when they come out. It's got to be a big title. Yeah, you like got to wait. Zelda. Like, I'll wait for them to go on sale, and yeah. I'll buy them. But I'm not paying $60. Most of them aren't worth it at that price. Unless it's a, a, 
a Nintendo title, I won't pay $60. Yeah, like I have, we just got Super Mario Party. Yeah. And literally it's just been me and my girlfriend playing it. And yeah, it's, it. it's fun, but I found it really repetitive. We used to play it here and just played it two or three times. And my kids were literally just like at each other's throats because they're just so really? competitive. And I was like, all right, I'm just getting rid of this. So I actually got rid of it recently. And uh, they're running some trade-in promotions at GameStop. And I wanted to get Luigi's Mansion. So I did that. <laughs> traded it in, picked up to Luigi's Mansion. Saved everybody's life in the meantime. Hey, what's up, buddy? Just there he is. Khan's, Khan's family is walking around. I love it. This is this is actually pretty entertaining for me. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and you know, with all these different things that I want to talk to you about, one of the big things that we actually talk about a lot is is work. Yeah. So, you want to talk a little bit about your career? Yeah. If you don't so, mind? Uh, I am a network admin for uh, Hendrick Motorsports, which is not the dealership; it's the uh, the NASCAR side of things. So we're uh, we're probably uh, you can say we're kind of the New York Yankees of uh, of racing. You know, we got the most championships. We uh, we're very well known. It's, it's a really good company to work for. I'm proud to work there. Um, so I do a lot of traveling. Um, basically, where the, wherever the race is at, I go. I usually leave on Thursday, and then I come back on Sunday. Uh, sometimes it rains on Sunday, and I have to stay an extra day or two, depending on the weather. But um, it's, it's interesting what I do. It's, it's not very... It's not your common IT gig. You know, We yeah. do use a lot of technology. People think NASCAR is like... Okay, it's cars going in circles, which, I mean, they really are. I mean, it's people turning left five, six hundred times you know, over four or five hours. But uh, there's a lot of data that's actually pushing through back and forth in terms of Can like... Can you get a little closer to the mic? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a lot of data being pushed back and forth. Uh, a lot of data. You, I mean, we have, um, you have engineers pushing information to the driver while he's driving driver's giving back his feedback and you know my job is to make sure that all those things are still working and connecting and that people have the internet connectivity they need via um, the cloud or local connection so and you know that's that's kind of the layman's term for what i do for okay low if, if that's layman's i didn't get it at all yeah yeah so basically just make sure that the internet's working it's, okay you know, like you're at home on your tablet and i'm the guy that makes sure that Okay, so for like for, for the public, no, for the race team, for the race team, yeah, I don't. Uh, the public side of things, it's more of a NASCAR thing. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm an engineer for actually Hendrick. Okay, so you've you've been to the races obviously, and you've you've seen it like live. Uh yeah, I go every week. I've been through uh, about eighty races now in Damn. the last two years. That's it's every lot. week for thirty eight weeks. So okay, and so how how does that actually work for for NASCAR? Just branching off. Look at it as a traveling circus. Okay. So you have, um, so most race teams, they either have one or two cars, and you know, then you have the big money race teams like uh, Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing um, that have four cars. You know, that's the max you can have in the sport is four drivers, four cars. And um, each team driver has its own unique challenges and own unique things that they are trying to accomplish they're i mean they're all trying to win championships but that's you do it a certain way it's kind of just like competing you know it's like either you're you're good at top or you're good at bottom so you either work on one thing or you work on the other thing so you know it's always trying to 
find those little things to give you the advantage on the racetrack. And I, I'm by no means an expert in NASCAR. So, okay. Well, you, you know more than me. Yeah. That's the big thing here. Um, are there any variations to, to how it's done? Like, Or is it just like everyone races 500 laps, like you said? Or everybody races. I mean, there's about 35 to 40 cars, depending on the event, and everybody races. I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, you look at a track and you say, hey, well, it's a circle. Yeah, it's yeah. An, an oval is what they call it, but each oval is different. Some might have a, a steep, um, what do they call it? A um, Incline. Incline. And, you know, that changes one week to the next. You know, you can have a flat surface to an incline to uh, then there's uh, road racing, which is personally my favorite, you know, when we go out to Sonoma out in California and then we have uh, the one. There's one here in, Char- in Charlotte, which is called the Charlotte Roval. That happens usually in September. What is that? Uh, it's basically the uh, an oval and a road course together, which is they put those two words together and made it a roval. So it's half circle, half road course, which is, I mean, it's pretty cool if you see it. That sounds interesting. It, it really is. I mean, if you ever want to go, let me know. I'll, uh, definitely Maybe. Give you, I don't know. Uh, give Just you seeing that cars going around in circles. Yeah. So, yes, that's that aspect. And they only you can only see them coming around when you, wherever you're at but mm. it's more of the experience you know there's um it's a lot of tailgating and and okay. people just basically partying it it's different for sure yeah it's like definitely different. My, my cousin told me he went because uh he lives in richmond he went to one i think the uh, richmond raceway yeah and he said the experience was nothing but just drinking and and that's it is that really it that's it i mean that's uh i don't i don't know they say that's probably one of the most american things is watching a race and getting hammered <laughs> per well, se. yeah like baseball yeah but uh richmond's actually one of the coolest is coolest place that i've been to it's got a it's a very interesting i like the track and the city's pretty cool i know you're from there yeah it's uh and i will say the beer game there is you know oh yeah there's a lot it, of breweries it's it's probably one of the top places in the country i would say yeah and you uh, mentioned earlier that you're What'd you say? Deep in the craft? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thing, you know. Just I like craft beer. It's um, actually my wife was the one that got me into it. Oh, I was, really? Yeah, I used to drink your. I used to be the Bud Light guy, and Ugh, um, disgusting. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, and I met my wife. We were dating, and she uh, she introduced me. I think what was the first thing we drank? Um, tastes like biscuits now to us. Um, what was it? No, it wasn't Blue Moon. Fat Tire. Fat Tire. I like Fat Tire. Yeah, we started drinking with Fat Tire. Started drinking Fat Tire and uh, kind of branched off on that. And we started then getting into the IPAs. And it just gets to a point where you just, it's kind of like an addiction. You go from drinking single IPAs to double IPAs. And you start messing around with triple IPAs. And it's just like, you go back to single IPAs and it just tastes like water. And you're like, this tastes terrible. Yeah, How did. It's interesting to me how your how your taste change. Like yeah. If you drink a beer now, right? Yeah. And you go back to the ex- this exact beer maybe a year from now, you'd be like, "Man, this beer doesn't taste like it. Like I thought this beer was great." Yeah. And and it's the same beer. They might have probably changed the ingredient, but most of these beers that you know you're paying seven eight dollars for the recipe remains the same. Or, yeah. But once it starts getting mass produced, and you start running into like different tastes and stuff, but yeah. So this one you have right in front of us is the 1050. Yep, it's a barrel-aged version of it. Is this North Carolina? 
Uh, no, this is, I think, Colorado. It's Colorado, Oscar okay. Blue. Yeah, this comes around once a year. I'm pretty lucky to live a couple miles down from uh, uh, this place called the Craft Stand. Um, it's literally right down the street from my house, owned by Don and Brandy. And they, uh, they're probably the only thing happening in the city, <laughs> to be honest. They're, uh, they're, they run a really nice shop of beer and, um, they just know their beer and they're really nice people. And I'll be honest, Don's been hooking me up for the past two, three years and with good beer. He texts me when he has a special release and he puts one aside for me and just takes care of me. And, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what beer is all about, sharing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this area I know has a lot of breweries as well, like Charlotte and the outlying areas. Yeah, Charlotte. I mean... Nowadays, it's everywhere, you know, yeah. it's everybody's trying to hit, uh, I guess, the gold mine. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, back in the day, people were mining for gold. Now, I guess, it's people are making beer just to, it's well, expensive, I mean, though. You, I think the statistics were a million dollars just to get started nowadays. Really? Yeah. Um, well, people people brew at home, too. They do. They do. We actually, I actually have a co-worker of mine. Um, his name's Jimmy Hux. He, uh, he brews at home. He's more into red ales and stuff red like ales. that. Okay. And um, see, I used to be into beer a lot, but it was only because I drank a lot of stouts and porters, yeah. like the darker stuff. I mean, at the lightest, I'd probably go like brown ale. Mm-hmm. But then at a certain point, it's because like they were so high in the alcohol content. Yeah. It's like, man, I just want to drink more. Yeah. So I started toning it down, and I'm I've really been into Belgians lately. Okay, and those are pretty high. On the alcohol content too. This one's about twelve point five, um, but you know, it's the only way to drink a stout is room temperature. Yeah, I mean, those these haven't even been in, in the fridge. I literally pulled them out of the pantry. Well, it's also this one's a uh, barrel aged, right? Yeah, and so it's in bourbon barrels. Right? It is. Yeah, I think probably about. I, mean, a I year. can taste the bourbon. Yeah, and I mean, bourbon is supposed to be drinking at room temperature too. So, yeah, it's like all whiskey. Do you, do you drink whiskey? I don't. I'm just a beer guy. Just beer. You don't drink yeah. any liquor at all. No, nope. I'll mess around with some tequilas. You know, I'm I'm, I'm okay. a sucker for well, a margarita, a good one. I can't do tequila. There's just something about it that, like, as soon as I drink tequila, it just like hits me. It, but I could drink whiskeys all day. Yeah, no, I'll drink some tequila. My wife actually went to Mexico over the summer for um, celebrating. It was 15th birthday, and she bought up she bought back some uh, some high end tequila, and it's. It's pretty good. She bought a couple bottles back. She bought a one bottle of like your traditional tequila from Mexico, and then she bought some mixture of tequila with coffee, and that lasted about a day. Tequila coffee. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was legit. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I had a burp. You're going to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. What? Uh, what? What kind of tequila? Oh, I probably have the bottle over there. What's the name of that tequila we got? Because there's this one tequila I got turned on to. It's um, it's a Reposado, and yeah, Reposado, and it's called the company's or the brand is called uh, Clase Azul or something, and it comes yeah, it she comes in know. a vase, and the, on the top of the vase it's got like a little bell. Yeah, she she would know. It looks she crazy. Does, uh, she's she's very cultured in that. I mean, she's half Mexican, so she's got me beat on that. Okay, um, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Tequila game. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense as well. It was pretty cheap, honestly. It was 
That bottle was probably about fifty bucks. That's high okay. quality tequila. We'll, we'll leave more it at that. that. Yeah. Probably more than that. I think she. Just yeah, I, I think uh, Classe Azul, the, the most expensive one you can get is like six thousand or something. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's like a gold bottle. And it's, I wouldn't even call it a bottle. It's more like a gold glass. Like a, it's literally a vase. Like if you, I've showed you a picture of it, you would you'd be surprised that there was actual alcohol in it. Wow. Yeah. So what do you think? It's kind of strong. <laughs> it's kind of strong. It's, you know. I want to be smacking you to the mic. <clears throat> it takes some getting used Ooh. to. Just drink it slow. Don't you don't Oh, wanna, yeah. You I'm, don't I'm pretty sure I'm going to drink this real slow. It's honestly something you probably would want to drink over an hour, an hour and a half. That's why I picked it because I know you said we would probably talk that long. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a sipper. Do you go on uh, beer tours? No, I don't. Um, I'm more of the kind of guy that likes to support like the small microbreweries. You know, here I'll do like Resident Culture, and um, it's probably my favorite place in Charlotte. They make phenomenal IPAs. Um, you like IPAs? I do. I just I'm to the point where it's it's got to be a double or a triple at this point. I don't really want that. I, I can't do IPAs. How come? I I don't like the bitter taste. Which ones have you tried? Just like all IPAs. It doesn't like oh, so it's just when I when I eat bitter, it's fine. But I don't really prefer it. But when I drink bitter, I just can't. Like yeah. I, I can't take it. Do you um do you use Untapped by chance? That app basically where you track all your beer? No. That's a thing. Check it out. I mean, I don't know how much beer you drink, but if you do, I mean uh you can definitely just track what you drink. And, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about where I was like, well, you can have this beer a year ago and then drink it again. And you're like, you look at the app and you're like, I rated this. You know, it's it's rated on a one to a five. So, okay. So it's so, like a rating. Yeah. It's it's kind of like you rate the beer. So you, okay. you would have this beer. You look it up. You search a 1050 barrel age. And there's usually years depending on what year they made it. And then you, you rate it from one to five. Interesting. Uh, average is probably about three. You know, anything below three, I usually consider swamp water. It's what swamp I like water. If it's, you okay. know, yeah, I mean, Bud Light would fall in the uh, swamp water category. Yeah, for sure. It's just piss water. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't drink that much anymore. Yeah. Mainly because, you know, obviously my girlfriend doesn't drink that much. And, I mean, when I'm back home with my dad, I'll drink a lot. But mm-hmm. he only drinks, like, Heineken or, like, Corona. Yeah. So I'll have a Corona. I like Corona. I will say, if I'm not drinking craft, uh, Modelo's my guilty Modelo. pleasure. I like yeah. Dos Equis. Modelo with lime is Dos Equis Amber is my my go-to usually. If I'm at a if I'm at a get together and um, they don't have craft beer but they have Modelo, I can survive. <laughs> that's the uh, beer of the UFC right there. Modelo's legit, man. It's um, that's that's a go-to for sure. So you like Modelo. What if you what if you didn't have Modelo? What if you had something else? And I'm like, drinking water. Or water. <laughs> probably having a Coke. I'm not. Oh, honestly, if they had some level of margarita, I'd probably drink it. Margarita. Yeah, those are probably if it's not a if it's not craft beer primarily, then I'll have to go to a Modelo. If it's not a Modelo, then I'll a margarita will okay. do. So when you're going out, going to a restaurant or something, you prefer to have beers, right? So usually for my wife and I, we um we'll look at the menu yeah and you know look at the food and if we're choosing a new place for for certain we'll uh, we'll look at that and then we'll look at the the beer list 
The beer list is kind of not on par. We usually won't go to that place because, you know. Really? Yeah, we like to have a good meal and a good beer. Hand in hand is kind of like our thing. We'll just. Okay, so you guys are into it, into it. Yeah, we really are. I mean, we probably, we try to go have a, uh, like, kind of alone time with a beer down at the craft stand probably once every two weeks or depending on my schedule. Usually on a Monday is kind of when we go. Interesting. Um, it's just kind of our, we'll have one drink and then we'll call it a night. We call okay. it the nightcap, essentially. Well, yeah, but that's basically what it is. Yeah, right. That's interesting. I like that. But, you guys get to bond over a similar hobby. I guess you we do. call it a hobby. And you meet people that have the same um, taste. And, you know, I've, I've made some friends down there that, you know, um, we've become good friends with. And people that actually just, hey, text me on the blue and say, hey, I got a new beer. Um, dog's barking. That's fine. It's all right. <laughs> um, there. They'll text me and say, hey, I got a X, Y, and Z beer. Do you want to try it? And it's usually um, they'll give me one or we'll trade. Uh, and then I do have a buddy in Boston, um, Alvin. He's a good friend of mine. Been friends for f- forever, basically. And um, he lives up in Boston because I lived there for a long time. And uh, there's a big brewery up there called Trillium Brewing. And uh, they uh, they make really good beer. They're probably top 10 in the country. Really? Yeah. Um, on several like lists and surveys, they're top 10. I've actually never heard of them. What are they yeah. called? Trillium Brewing. Trillium. Yep, they're up in uh, Boston. I have a couple locations, and they're uh, they're top of the line. They're definitely top of the line if you're into uh, craft beer. Most craft beer aficionados will probably agree with me that Trillium kills it up there. And he'll be nice enough to send me some bottles of some stouts and some IPAs. And We go up to Maine once a year for the last couple of years. And Malvin and I will go to um, we'll go to Trillium before we head up to Maine because even from Boston to Maine it's probably about an hour and a half. It's okay. not really a long drive, and we'll go up there and we'll spend a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on beer really? just for the week. It's not for a day, and okay. we'll just drink beer the whole week that we're there. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good life to live though. You know, you get to hang out, you get to drink good good stuff. It's one of those weeks we do look forward to because, you know, well, I'm not much of an outdoorsy type of person. And I've got the longer I've lived down here, the more I've become more of an outdoors person. And uh, we'll go up there. We'll do some fishing. And, you know, look at me. I'm not your typical fisherman. You know, I'm just I'm basically a nerd. You know, I just like technology. Well, I wouldn't say that. And we'll just I won't touch a fish. Really? You know, no, I get grossed out. I'll wear some gloves, and I mean, I am such like really? a big baby about touching. Like, I'll put my hand, my finger inside of a bass, and like, that's it. Like, I will prefer just to, right for right now. I just prefer to fish bass. Like, I don't want to do anything. I'm else. not gonna lie. I I would not figure you to be that that way. I I just I get like the heebie-jeebies. I would have assumed you'd be like all about the fish. Mm-mm. Well, I, I I started picking up the the hobby. In 2018 when we first went up to Maine and kind of just it's relaxing man it really is you just throw it out there it is frustrating it's you know oh yeah I, I hate fishing but I love eating fish yeah like uh, that's f- part what's of your favorite fish right now I'm really into tuna 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 yeah I, I've tried tuna I just can't get behind the hole it's not barely it's barely even cooked or it's just raw that's just really I, I don't do sushi either oh really yeah, yeah I, I love sushi uh, yeah, I think we've talked about this at the gym, you know, because yeah. I know you used to cook, so. Yeah, I love sushi, man. Um, I used to be into salmon. Like Salmon's my jam. I made salmon, like, every day. 
Salmon and baked haddock, they're kind of my one, oh, yeah. my one two punch. I mean, being Chinese, because we, like, a big thing in Chinese culture is actually fish. Like, we eat a lot of fish. Yeah. Um, and bass, you know, like whitefish, tilapia. That's something we eat a lot. We eat tilapia a lot here, actually. Yeah. When my wife makes, uh, when she cooks fish, she'll make tilapia, salmon, and. Do you like do you like fish? Okay, see that's what I figured with you, just because you're a Dominican. Well, honestly, you know what? I um I'm a very picky eater, believe it or not. Really? And if it wasn't for my wife, I'd probably wouldn't branch out as much as I do. She's changed my taste. I always have this joke. Um, I have this joke that's basically I'm Dominican on the exterior, but Mexican on the inside because, okay. <laughs> you know, she makes a lot of Mexican food and I just, man, I'll go out there and if I'm in Arizona or if I'm in California for work, I find a place that's got like top notch Mexican food and I'll just crush it. You know, it's in, you know, most Dominicans actually do not like spicy food. Really? We yeah. don't. We'll do like Tabasco and like hit a little dash on it. No, Tabasco is not even spicy, dude. I know. And then, uh, so I met my wife and, you know, I'm like hitting up the food with Tabasco. I mean, we still eat Tabasco here and put on certain things, but overall, um, I've transitioned. I guess you, it's kind of like the evolution of my beer game. Um, yeah. My hot sauce game is you've up evolved. there now. You've, yes, you've grown, I, you've I have evolved. I've, um, I've gone from like... <laughs> Um, I've gone from thinking that the Diablo sauce at Taco Bell is hot to that being just drinking water and, um, now doing like real habanero peppers and like, you know, if I, if I was famous, I'd definitely like to do the hot ones one day, but hot ones. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm always interested in in trying that because like my brother actually bought the sauce, the, uh, the last dab. Did he? Yeah. He's really into hot sauce. Did you try it? I did not. So he lives in uh, San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's got like bottles out there, which is all kinds of hot sauce. He went to a, a convention once in SF. Have you been out to San Francisco? Yeah, we go back every year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Twice a year. I Sonoma's up there, and we usually yeah. drive an hour. I, I like to go out. You know, I I room with a guy. His name's Brian, and military guy, real cool dude. Just uh, very strict on everything. Likes to well, very yeah. punctual, and, which is a good thing. You know, I'm Hispanic, and we're we're. Uh, we're late to everything. Yeah, the like, ethnic time. Yeah, we're I def- get it. Hispanic I get it. time is what yeah. we call it, and it's just um, we're late to everything. Um, so Brian's been good for me. He's kind of just showed me to be on time and appreciate those things. And you know, I've helped him in other things and being able to uh, venture out on certain things. So we went to San Francisco last year, and honestly, we. <laughs> we go in june and obviously june is gay um gay pride month yeah and uh so we're walking down san francisco and i mean everybody's out there man like oh yeah i've been i've been there during those times dudes wearing like underwear and just like the wildest thing and uh we get caught in a gay parade the funny thing is uh brian's like six three very military burly guy like you know he you can put him in a movie he actually does act on the side and uh he and I'm, you know, a small guy, I'm five nine. Just so you're, not, you're bigger than me, so. But you know, put us together, and we literally okay, look yeah, like yeah. A, we look like a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 
actually I didn't mind it at that time because no nobody was hitting on me because they all everybody thought we were a couple. And literally we're walking up the street and um, here they come. I still actually have video on my phone and here they come on their motorcycles all wearing leather revving the whole parade and we're just like recording it and i'm just like oh man this is so surreal <laughs> and uh yeah definitely getting caught in that was um was interesting but i mean san francisco's nice it's you like just, san francisco i do i'm i'm it's a little different than what i expected it to be i hate it um it's pretty dirty yeah i I, I hate san francisco the only reason i go is for my family yeah that's the only reason it's expensive but i mean it has just like every other city, it has its um, has its things to do and things yeah. not to do. Well, yeah, I get that, but like the, my thing is, you know, there's a lot of hype around it. That's, you know, it's 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 just hype. You know, there's there's not much to it. Yeah, you know, like people will say, like, oh, there's a bunch of places to go, a bunch of things to see, you know, a bunch of things to eat. But then when you really break it down, it's it's something you can get really anywhere else you know yeah that's it, true it's not like la you know la is like especially korean food korean food in la is like top tier like yeah it's we, basically uh, the equivalent of going to korea we um we go out to la so what we do as a race team we go um go to phoenix for the weekend race and then after phoenix it's um L- los angeles race which is fontana so what we do is we fly out thursday and we go to phoenix um, that Thursday we get there and Friday, Saturday, Sunday we race and then we stay Sunday night. Cause usually Sunday night we get back on the plane and bam, we're out, mm-hmm. um, Monday morning. They let us actually stay Sunday. And then Monday morning we get on the plane around 11 rounds. Everybody's done doing cause Sunday in Phoenix, everybody's partying cause they know that we literally have the whole week off. So the company leaves us out in California for the week. Uh, we fly out Monday and then we get there. It's a short flight hour and a hour, hour 10. Um, we get there and we have the entire week to hang out in California until about Friday, which is really when we got to go to back, back to work. Um, this year we were fortunate and I actually flew my wife out, um, to Phoenix and then I flew her, um, over to Los Angeles and we just spent the whole week hanging out, doing things and had a really good time. I mean, I will say Phoenix, Arizona is probably my favorite place in the country. It's, I, I tell her all the time I want to move out there. Really? I do. I really do. It's just... You don't mind the heat? No, I don't. I mean, it's hot like here. It's a dry heat, obviously, but it's it's not a heat that bothers me. And being Dominican, it's, I guess it's just in my blood. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually don't mind like dry heat, like air temperatures. My thing is humidity. You know, yeah. like... Like you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. Like here in Charlotte, no one told me it rains like every other day. Yeah. We've been getting it's a lot of crazy. rain lately. Dude, it's insane. It rains a lot. I mean, hey, I'd rather it rain than it snow. Really? Uh, I'd rather it snow. No, man. I'm telling you, man. I lived in Massachusetts and New Jersey for a long time. And when you uh, open the door and you see about three feet of snow and you can't leave. No, that's the dream, man. No, man. That's when you climb out the window. It's cool for a year or two, but you do 10 plus years and you just, it beats you up. Yeah, I, I get that. It beats you up. So you, you lived up in the north? I did. I uh, So we um, we moved to Brooklyn when I was two, three years old. My parents, my mom moved to Brooklyn and my dad, I stayed back with my dad in Dominican Republic. And we um, came over, my dad bought me over and my sister was born in Brooklyn and then we moved to New Jersey. Uh, 
lived there for about 10 years. Uh, parents got divorced. Typical nonsense that happens when that stuff goes down, unfortunately. And then we moved to um, we moved to Massachusetts. Um, I had cousins, and my grandmother lived there. Okay. And we moved there in 1999 um, from New Jersey. That was that was really tough for me. I just never wanted to move. I had finally, you know, when you're that age and you have your friends and you yeah, kind of you just don't want to like, leave them. Yeah, you feel like you're gonna be friends with them forever. Yeah. And I was just like, my mom's like, we're moving to Massachusetts, and I was like. Through a fit, I was like, I'm not moving there. I can't leave these people behind. We're going to be <laughs> friends forever. And do you still keep in touch with them? For the most part, yes. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my buddy Eric Junko, he's one I talk to. Not a lot, but we still stay, stay in touch. Yeah, you at least and stay in touch with him. Yeah, he's got my number. We'll talk. And, you know, I have another buddy, Salam. I talk to him rarely, but we do talk. And then um, I talk to the core you can say okay uh, everybody's married now and has kids yeah well yeah so I you mean, know we're how, all in our 30s how long has it been like 20 ish years 99 20 years now yeah think about it 2019 20 years. i lived i left in 1999 Man, i'm i can't even remember some of the guys i hung out with in high school yeah i i still talk to those guys you know it's now that i look back at it moving from um new jersey to boston i it was the right move for my mom to do. It definitely was. It definitely was. Um, it was the right move. I think had I stayed there, I probably would have made some bad decisions based on some of the outcomes of my friends' lives. Um, and then we moved to Boston. Um, actually, I lived in Lawrence, Massachusetts, but nobody really knows where that's at. No, no it's, idea. It's about 30 minutes north of Boston. Okay. And, you know, I hated Lawrence from day one. Hated it, hated it. It was just a yeah. small little town. It was literally like a small version of Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico mixed. Like, so there's like a lot of Hispanic people. It's or? Like 99% Hispanic really? at the time. I the the demographics and gentrification came in since I've left, and that's kind of changed the whole well, scene, yeah, of course. But um, you know, my wife's been. She'll tell you. She. It's not a pretty place. It really isn't. It's you know. And I remember. I remember. Um, Getting there, and I told my mom, we cannot be here no more than like 10 years. I can, I, I will leave. Hmm. I will, if I don't leave by 18, I'm leaving soon, by before 21. And, uh, but I, you know what? I still have, I made good friends there, and I still have good friends there. And like Malvin's one of them. I talk to him every day, you know. He's my best friend. He really is. He's um, a great guy. Um, but, uh, it was about two t- 2006, literally, when we, um, my mom decided that she was just tired of living up north and mm. dealing with the snow. That's why I was saying, like, oh, it's, you know, it sounds all nice. I mean, it's beautiful when it comes down. Like, I wish yeah. right now it snowed during Christmas. I mean, I do miss those aspects of it. When it's not three feet. But, Maybe a foot. you know, it's beautiful. I mean, there's nothing like, I tell my kids all the time, one day we'll <sighs> plan a trip up there when I'll look at the weather and say, okay, well, you know, Malvin's expecting three feet of snow and i'll just go up there and get snowed in so just they can experience it it's like here you go out and it snows cities shut down and yeah it melts an hour later yeah not even it melts when it hits the ground yeah so i like them to experience that but you know we ended up moving down here in 2007 okay would you say you had a good childhood 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I've been very fortunate. My mom was very strong, raised me on her own, showed me she you know she played two roles, mom and dad, and I I'm I could say I never never came home with the cops behind my back. Well, that's good. Uh, at least. But as a as a as a good childhood in terms of like you know yeah there was food on the table and you know we went on vacations and I did what I had to do. It wasn't really you know there wasn't. And it can be a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, very sure. simple. Definitely. You know, just roof over my head and food on the table. It's just, you know, clothes on my back. I guess those are the only things that really matter, right? Yeah. That's all that really matters. Were you raised with the culture, though? The Dominican culture? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I would say I have some aspects of it. Uh, my sister, more than I, she's very much into his um, Hispanic music. I cannot deal with it for more than like 10 minutes. Really? I mean, there's some songs I like, but uh, I guess I've. Always been into metal, man. I'm just yeah. a metalhead. Believe it or not, a lot of people are like, you like metal? I'm like, yeah, I love it. I just, you know, there's something about it that just like revs me up. I can't do it. Oh, man. I just, I wish we listened to metal while we trained. Oh, my God. I could I could not do that. Oh, just, man. It'd be awesome. The music we listen to now is just terrible. It's awful. That's it's what I'm saying. Horrible. Awful. Awful. I'm so tired. There was a time that uh, the Drake album came out, I think the one, uh, 2017, and like, Shama and little Daniel just put it on like repeat every single night. And I oh. told Jay, I was like, please turn Shema, that off. Shama's music is trash. <laughs> and then Jay's music. I mean, I feel like I'm at a club. Do, do you know Jay's favorite song? No, I don't, I don't think I'm going to give you one guess. What is it? You didn't guess. You got to take one guess. It's, it is a house song, an older house song. I, Man, I don't that. know any house music. Uh, you remember that song? Went like a G6, like a G6, like a G6. Oh, the Far East Movement guys? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. So, funny fact. I Jay, wouldn't even call that house. <laughs> That's just trash. You know how I found that out? Um, he actually told me that. He was like, yeah, you know, when I was competing and coming up uh, as a purple boat, brown boat, I, I would listen to that to, to pump me up. And I was like, what? <laughs> God. So, sorry, Jay Holy. I didn't mean to put that out Man, there. I love the guy, but damn, his music taste is terrible. Jay's Jay's a Jay's a very interesting guy, but you know what? I am I'm I'm happy I train under Jay. I really am. I actually wanted to talk about that too. Uh, so you're injured? Yes, I am. I do feel better. I really do. What was, what was uh, the injury? So I have what's called list frank. Um, so you essentially have your this is your foot, right? Okay, I'm yeah. Just showing basically that my fingers are together, and you know you have your toes here. Yeah. Um, this is normally what it looks like. Mine looks like that. So what happened was I was playing top. I was actually training in Arizona when we were out there beginning of November. I have a good friend of mine who owns a gym. He's a black belt, uh, team monstro. Um, Shaq Cruz is his name. Uh, real cool guy. If you're out there, just go visit him. He, um, solid, solid game, man. He's, he's really good. His guys are really solid. They play a lot of sit up guard and, um, very pressure top passing. And uh, I was up there rolling with him, and he always he beats me up, man. He knows how to slow me down. That's I guess that's kind of like my kryptonite, slowing me down because we're all you know how it is. It's yeah. All bam, 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 bam. Go, go, go. And I he's figured that out that if he slows me down, he can control the pace. It's like anything, you know. You yeah. control the pace of the match. You're in control. So I was actually bottom, came up on him. And I was just really proud of it because it was like my first two points I've ever ever gotten off of Shaq. So I was like, yes, in my mind. I was like, I finally did something because yeah. he's easily 
either he's choking me out, taking my back, or like ankle locking me. And uh, so I went to Top Bolo, just doing something stupid. Yeah. And my foot, I was, you know, left foot back, right foot forward. And he was on sit-up guard. I was not expecting him to shift his hips the way he did. And next thing I know, he shifted his hips to the right and landed completely on my foot. All I heard was a loud pop. And I didn't think too much of it. You know, I've had struggled with turf toe over the past few years. Even, I mean, we're always hurt, right? Yeah. I mean, fingers. That's the secret. Thumbs. I mean, you busted my thumb. Still hurts to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's... um, I busted my toes a couple times, so I just thought it was turf toe. But this one, this this was different. I um I couldn't put in any weight on my foot, and I said, "Hmm, all right, well." Called my wife and I said, "Hey, babe, what's uh, what do you do if your foot's swollen?" And she was like, "She gave me the usual." Well, what did you do this time? And I said, uh, I think I hurt my foot. And she said, "Well, I'll just elevate it, put some ice, drink some Tylenol, you know, typical." Regular stuff. Yeah, that we stuff. usually do yeah. when we're hurt. Um, definitely thought, oh, I'll be out a week or two. I'll just throw on my uh, trusty shoe that I have from when I busted my toes, and I'll be fine. So Monday came along, and that was Saturday. Sunday, I had to work. You know, the race is on Sunday. And, yeah. like, the worst part about it was, like, Arizona's walk from the parking lot to the track is, like, two miles, a oh mile and God. a half. And I'm like, jeez, Louise, like, how am I going to get through the day? lucked out i have a good relationship with one of the drivers um like personal assistant and i was like hey uh, ryan come uh can you come give me a ride <laughs> and ryan picks me up he's like yeah man he's a real cool dude um real real cool dude he's he's actually a metalhead and we talk about music all the time and he gave me a ride and i was fortunate enough but on the way back i had to walk back so anyways i get through the whole day and uh go to the you know in infield care center they actually have doctors at every track so if Makes driver yeah. hits the wall and he's yeah. concussed and take him in there and the guy's like oh you're fine you know just uh wrap it up put put me on some crutches you ever walked on crutches yeah awful dude i walked on crutches for my entire for an entire year because like i had messed up my ankle i forgot what happened to it but oh now i remember i was trying to play soccer and someone kicked my ankle in mm. And it just like snapped it. So yeah, I was I've on crutches you've, for like a whole year. You've had your fair share of injuries. We've talked about it. You know, oh hip, man, there's a laundry ankle. list, dude. There's you know, a laundry list. You used to list. wrestle too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So you you definitely have your nicks and I feel your pain. So back to my injury thing. So it was, uh, got back Sunday night. Monday I'm off. Usually I'm off Mondays and Wednesdays. And uh, Monday still hurts. Can't put any weight on it. Uh, Tuesday, I get to the office. You know, we're we're a sports team, so I'm pretty lucky to have access to a lot of things at work. You know, we get pretty decent care if something's wrong. We have like, so uh, we have a guy named Gino. He's actually was the trainer, the, the actually the the trainer for the New York Yankees hmm. back in the uh, '90s, 2000s. And he works for us now, and he's top notch. So I went to go see him, but he wasn't there. He was actually off. So I, um, luckily there were some other guys there from Ortho Carolina, and I went in there and I said, "Hey, um, can you check my foot out?" And they were like, "Yeah, what's up?" So he takes my shoe off, and he's like, "I'm like, man, it hurts. I'll be honest with you. Like, I can't put any weight on it. I can't do anything." 
at this point, I kind of had an idea of what I had. I said, you know, you Dr. Google, you search yeah. it up. Pain in Web the MD, blah, blah, blah. cancer of the foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I think I have Liz Frank. But I didn't say anything. Yeah. I just didn't want to get ahead of myself. And uh, he's like, you need an x-ray. You should probably go get one right now. <laughs> so he like, texts some guy and named, uh, texts Bill, who's the other guy that goes there to Hendrick Motorsports. And Bill, like they set everything up, man. It was like amazing. Like I just walked in. Usually when you go to the doctor, you got to wait like yeah, an hour wait. and a half or they're on delay. Dude, I rolled up to the doctor. They like sent me right to the back and gave me an x-ray and sent me on my way and sent the x-rays right back to Bill. And he's like, you have Liz Frank. And I was like, okay, well, what's the, what can I do? Um, he's like, well, it looks like you need surgery. That's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, that's the last thing you want to hear. You know, it's just like, great. I need surgery. I had sol- uh, surgery on my shoulder in 2006 and I tore my labrum right shoulder and that was very painful. I just never wanted to do that again. Even my left one semi torn and I told the doctor, I was like, it can stay torn. I'm not doing that again. Uh, so he sets me up, um, the next day to meet a doctor and I go in on Wednesday and the doctor's like, no doubt, Liz Frank, same injury Cam Newton has, you need surgery, fuse, we're, we're going to fuse your foot. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're just going to fuse your foot. We're going to take this little piece of joint out bone and we're just going to Put those two, your big toe and the toe next to it, the metatarsal for that, and fuse it together with some hardware. And you can't walk for, I mean, you can walk, but you can't put any weight on your foot for four months. And I'm thinking, I work at a racetrack. Yeah. I walk all day. What am I going to do? I mean, yeah, I work on a computer, but I require to be on my feet a good majority of the day. So, you know, I'm here, I'm like telling my wife and she's like, well, you did it this time. <laughs> she's just like, it's time to quit. And I'm like, no, I'm not quitting. It's it's going to take a lot more than that for me to quit. Yeah. And, um, I'm already making plans of like having surgery on Thanksgiving week. I'm off. I already told my boss I got FMLA set up. And then um, actually my wife's cousin, first cousin, um, he's an orthopedic surgeon. So I, uh, I reached out to him, Yvonne, and uh, I said, hey, Yvonne, I have this and this and that. And I sent them the x-rays and stuff. And he's like, ooh, yeah, that's, um, that's surgery. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so we got everything set up. We have um, surgery set up. We have the date. I'm going to go up to Virginia and all this stuff. And we start thinking about like that's a lot of trips you know all the post-op stuff i have to yeah. go up there i gotta go up there a week after surgery i have to get put in a cast i gotta go back in six weeks i gotta stay in a boot so i decided to get a second opinion someone at work um tells me hey go check out uh, dr jones here in charlotte he's the guy nice he's done all these surgeries for feet for hendrick motorsports go go check him out so I talked to the guy I set everything up in North Carolina, and he just, again, set everything up for me. I go see Dr. Jones, and, um, you know, we're we're very big on faith in my house and, you know, believe in Jesus, and that's everything's God in this house. And I've been praying a lot about this foot, and I'm like, God, you know, I, you know, I believe you're a healer, and I believe you can heal my foot. And, um, you know, she's praying, my mom's praying. 
her parents are pastors of the church that we go to. They're praying. Everybody's praying. You know, my mentor, he's my IT mentor, a very good friend of mine. He's also a pastor of our church, and he's praying too. I got I got everybody basically praying for this. <laughs> praying, praying for, for a foot. <laughs> praying for a foot. And um, so I go in. I'm honestly feeling better at this point. I'm like, you know, but I've read you start feeling better and uh, naturally your body starts to yeah. heal itself, right? Yeah, of that's that's placebo effect. That's what it does. And your body's going to try to heal itself. So I go in and I say, hey, talk to Jones. I feel good. I mean, literally I have like minimal swelling and he looks at my foot and he's like, you know what? We're not going to have surgery. We're going to wait three weeks and um, wait three weeks. It's the longest three weeks of my life. And I'll tell you what, man, like I haven't really taken off an, more than a week from jujitsu. I know the guys give me a hard time all the time that I don't train and that I'm lazy. But in reality, I haven't taken more than a week off and in, in a row. Yeah. At this point, I'm already three weeks in. I'm, I'm going pretty crazy right now and just like really mistraining. And the first question I asked the doctor is like, when can I get back on the mat? Like, you know, I called Mitch and he said, well, just buy some of this CBD from Top Martial Arts and put some <laughs> uh, put some tape on it. You know, that'll fix it. I'm like, some oh, true man. CBD. Yeah. So, you know, I tell Jay, hey, Jay, I'm not going to be able to train. You know, I don't think they realized how serious it was. They just probably thought that I was just like semi hurt. So I um, I go in. It's been three weeks. I was supposed to go see him last week. You know, I went there a couple of days after that. And I went last week. And his plan was put you in the boot for three weeks. And then we'll take another x-ray. Essentially, like, problem with Liz Frank is if you have the gap like I have, yeah. you, your foot starts to shift. And that yeah, it fills form, in the gap. No, it sh- your, your bones shift. And that creates instability of the foot. Oh, really? So you start, and then that instability turns into arthritis and then turns into deformity of the foot. So really it's, if you find, and it's really hard to diagnose from what I read. So he's like, all right, well, we're just going to put you in the in the boot for three weeks and we'll, um, we'll go ahead and uh, see where you're at. Have another x-ray come the, in three weeks from now. So I went in last Wednesday, get another x-ray and you know what, man, I'm going to show you the picture and, uh, the one on the left is actually my... Um, oh, God. The one on the left is the initial x-ray when I went to go see the doctor. Oh, and okay. The, so that one's zoomed in. Yeah. All and right. then the one on the right is where I'm at now. And as you can see, the gap is actually closing. Yeah. So he was like, I can't even explain this. You know? God. And, yeah. That's kind of... that's Hey, that's exactly where I was going. And, you know, uh, this week I've been actually able to put... Um, weight on my foot i actually haven't worn my boot all day i actually have this small little shoe i put on just when i drive and i've been using that the pain's down like down to a one from a 10 start at the highest it was it was like an eight i have to go back at the end of january and he said if everything looks good there he'll clear me to go back to training so the plan is to be back training come february february yep see i haven't been back in like two three weeks because i don't want to be back you know what? Taking a break sometimes is oh, not man. a bad thing. Dude. It's a grind, man. It really is. You know, everybody wants to get that promotion and everybody wants to oh, get to the even, next I don't level. even want to get promoted. I know you don't, but I just say like people at my level, you know, I I started with Jay when I was like a two-stripe white belt and grinded, 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 grinded for a blue belt. Finally got the blue belt. 
And then it's like, you know, you look at all these dudes and you're like, yeah, I can kind of see why people quit. It's, it's yeah. a grind, man. It really is a grind. And then it's like, you know, I trained really hard for a while, didn't train hard. And that's, the biggest thing for me was starting this job at Hendrick and the, and the travel. You know, I was training three to four days a week um, consistently. And then I started traveling and that became one day a week, one week off, two days a week. And then I started getting motivating again motivated again to train more and kind of just kept it consistently minimum two days if i could do a three day week i'd do it and then you know get my purple belt from jay and i said I remember All right. that day. yeah i said yep finally got my purple belt i'm gonna go and he's like you don't quit on me that's what he <laughs> said you don't quit oh my purple belt quit and i said no i'm not gonna quit and I, like i found out that i wasn't gonna travel this much anymore this year for my boss you know some roster changes at nascar happened and i'm off the road you know i only got to travel like five weeks a year and i was excited to get my saturdays back and train on thursday nights because i don't get to train on thursday nights right now i only do tuesdays and i do uh i do monday um morning with mitch when i can and wednesdays i do with mitch or i go to piper's and um damn piper's that's a that's like an hour drive for you ah it's okay he's he's a good guy he's it's good. It's good to get different looks, you know. Yeah, that's part of the reason I go there. Those guys are those guys are top notch too. So uh, then I get hurt, man, and I was bummed out. I was really bummed out. I was excited to finally be in the off season and start training Saturdays again and get my Thursdays back. And but I feel like you know, in some way or another, God used that to kind of help me take a step back because I felt like I was just in this like vicious cycle of like keeping up like it's yeah. always like i wanna i gotta make sure i'm not as good as those guys that are at my level or better yeah that's the thing you know it's there you can't have an ego going in mm-hmm. i remember when i first started i trained every day like monday through saturday two times a day like i'd be going in i'd be getting my ass kicked like i busted up my ankle i still go in i broke my rib i'd still go in like I actually had a stress fracture in my in my lower back. Yeah. In my um I think my L three. And like legit, it was this close to being paralyzed. I was like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm still gonna go back. There's there's those things that you gotta take a step back on, right? Yeah. And th- that was back when I was younger and now like I don't know, man. Like coming coming in, there's a lot of like mental issues coming through and like a lot of like physical issues, obviously. So it's just like I was talking to a med about this last time too, that I'm I'm close to being done. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and you, you haven't even started your family yet. Just imagine when you start uh, your family. I don't, I don't think I'm going to start a family. But when, if you do. If I do. Think yeah. about it. I mean, you just, what do we do? Train an hour and a half, two hours sometimes? Yeah. A couple of nights a week? That's well, for me, I have to drive about 20, 30 minutes and then train and then drive 20, 30 minutes back. And then I got to do laundry. I got to take a shower. I got to do all those things. By the time I'm going to bed, it's like twelve, in the, like yeah. twelve at night to get up, do it all over again. Yeah, uh, trust me, I, I get it. It's it's the same thing here. You know, I live forty five minutes from the gym. Oh, you live way farther. <laughs> that drive is. No and I drove out here. I was like, holy! Shit. I had the housewarming party when I bought this place in twenty sixteen, and Jay, Ahmed, and a couple of other guys came out. Never came back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them, but um, they um. It's a grind, man. It really is. And like done, you mean like not training again? Like 
I don't know, man. Like I, I, I've been wanting to talk to Jay about just doing striking, just to get in there and do something, you know. But then, like, if I do striking, I'm gonna be like, oh, I might stay for jujitsu. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out here anyway. It takes some time. But yeah, it's, and it's also like the style. The style of jujitsu we do at top. Yeah, like it's it's pretty hard. It really I mean, is. it's it's not hard. It's just not something I want. I don't want to compete, you know. And all we do is competition training. Hey, that's a, that's a good subject to talk about competition. That, that, oh yeah, let's let's go down this road okay. because you know, I feel a certain way about it. And um, yeah, let's go ahead. Go ahead and all right. Tell so, me how you feel about it, man. All right. So yeah. So when I first started jujitsu, and I I'd been wrestling. And wrestling, all you do is compete. You compete every single week, sometimes twice a week. And on top of that, you're cutting huge amounts of weight. Like, I remember I'd be cutting, like, 5, 10 pounds every week. And it was crazy. And this is is a teenager, too. But anyway, in jiu-jitsu, I'm like, man, I could compete no problem because it's only, like, once a month. And so I'd start competing. And uh, did you ever meet David? Carlos David? He's uh, super, super good. Black belt. Um, no, 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 no. He's no, one no. of Travin's guys. No, I, I probably have by face, but I, yeah. I don't know. Him but by he's name. he's a huge advocate for competing. So I competed a lot. Like, is this the guy in Richmond? Yeah, I competed okay. a lot, like all the time, and I would still be injured. I'd still compete, um, and I did pretty good. You know, I got some golds, I got some silvers, but man, at some point, I was just like, dude, I don't want to put my body through this anymore. And what's the point, too? Because you know, it's, it's not, not like I'm training getting, to be a world champ. Exactly. You know, I don't, I don't really need it. And then fast forward to when I get my purple belt, that was the last time I competed, uh, about three years ago. Yeah. Actually more than that. Right. When I got my purple belt, that was my last competition. So yeah. back in 2014, five years ago, mm-hmm. that's the last time I ever stepped on a mat to compete. And funny enough, I broke my arm that day in the competition, in the competition. I got arm barred real quick. Broke my arm and I was like, "All right, I'm done." I'm, I'm, it's I'm just, done. I, and ever I feel since, you, man. I've just like, there's no point in competing because I'm not going to be a world champion. I don't want to be a world champion, and even if I did, I'm not going to put my body through that again. You know? Yeah. Did you see that? So, so here's my thing about competing. I'm not saying I won't compete again. I just something I don't. I just don't enjoy it. I really don't. I'll yeah. be a hundred percent honest with you. It's the the amount of anxiety I have two to three days up to the match is just not something I enjoy. Yeah, you know, once you bump fists, is you know that those feelings, the adrenaline takes over and you don't feel that anymore. But to me, I guess it's more cost than anything else. Yeah, I don't mind. Do I, I don't mind the training up to it. I enjoy that aspect. I enjoy the intensity of getting ready for it. I haven't competed since 2017, Charlotte Open. Um, that's the last time I competed as blue belt. And I'll probably do a couple at purple belt. But, uh, you know, we're a very competition-focused school. Like, Extremely competition-focused. You know, that's, that's, you know, everybody who competes is held to a different standard of ones that don't compete. Yeah. You know, they're looked on differently. And, you know, I, I just, to me, it's just, you know, you pay $120, let's say, to ibjjf i don't do those nagas or new breeds and no yeah don't I do just, those small ones i just you know people always tell me you should do those to get back into competing i, I don't want to spend nine hours of my day waiting for my match to come yeah. to get pushed back that's where i'm at i just i'd rather pay the extra money to compete on time but even then like now 
$130 for a five-minute match. If you get past the five-minute match, yeah. let's just say you lose the first round and then you have your membership fees now that have to be renewed every year. And then the travel expense of yeah. if you go to Atlanta. You got to take off work. You got to take off work. Sometimes and, and, you got to cut weight. And that's really that, that really is not the biggest deal to me. I got to take off work. I can just take off PTO and you know get paid to go out there. It's it is what it is. That's that's the small things of it. It's more the cost of okay, if I want to do Masters World, um, light flicker. I got to change the bulb. Um, Masters World. It's you know got to go to Vegas and have to pay one hundred and fifty dollars plus airfare yeah. and um, hotel. And I, yeah, I can room with someone and piggyback off of that and keep costs down. But it's just, I just don't think it's worth it, man. Just like you're saying, you know, and then you run the risk of getting hurt. Those people are out there to prove a point. And yeah, I'm just out there to have fun and I don't have to prove myself. I don't feel like I do to get the next belt. I just train and, you know, do what I can to keep up, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I remember, um, cause David was super heavy on, on competition. He knew I didn't want to do it. And so he didn't really push it on me, but he pushed it on everyone else. And the funny thing was, one of one guy told me, um, I think he was, I was a blue belt and he was like a brown belt at the time. He's like, you know, a lot of times compete, like competing is so that you get to gauge where you are with everyone else. Yeah. But it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper just to pay $25, go to someone else's gym and just beat everyone else over there. That's why I go to Piper's because I can see where I'm at at Piper's. Exactly. Yeah. And if I lose, it doesn't matter. I'm not out 130 bucks. Yeah. And you get to gauge where you are. You're not exhausting yourself. You're not spending your resources. That's why I, that's why I train when I'm out on the road if I can. That's why I trained in Arizona. That's why I train in Texas. You know, there's a couple places I go to and, you know, you get a different view and different style of jiu-jitsu and yeah. kind of shows you where you're at. I don't, I just, you know, I'm not saying I won't do it again. It's just not something I'm focused on. Oh, I'll, I'll right never now. do it again. I tell people all the time I'm retired. Hey, there's nothing wrong with I'm that. Retired, man. Trust me, you you don't got to worry about me telling you why. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Jay's ever going to push it on me either. Jay, honestly, he won't. He he, uh, he won't push it on you. He'll tell you what happened. So he'll, uh, funny thing is, he, uh, he'll ask me, you know, compete again? I said, no, I probably won't. He's like, oh, yeah, last time you competed, you got choked out by redhead guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, Jay, <laughs> I appreciate it. So that's probably probably the other motivation. Just go back in and try again and get beat up by somebody else so he doesn't say the same thing yeah. that happened in 2017. Jay says some funny things. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, I ended up there because I was at a different place and just felt like the training wasn't right for me. And, you know, I was out in great grappling and, you know, it was just not the type of jujitsu I wanted to do. Yeah. I got introduced to Jay school through someone that worked that was there rec and um did some privates with him and just kind of just Felt I knew enough. that's that's where I wanted to be. It yeah. was the type of athletic jujitsu that I wanted to do and you know, Jay's always been good to me. He's always been He's definitely good too. He's good. He's he's very technical, you know, and, and he's a funny guy, man. He's uh the thing I do like about Jay, kind of the thing that just um, that drew me to top martial arts was the um, Jay's not really in it for the money, man. He just he just yeah. loves jujitsu. If you know, I mean, you can tell from the prices. You can tell from the prices. Yes, you can, but you can also. I mean, there's there were times, man, when I was working in other places, and I really didn't have any money to pay Jay, and I'd be like, Hey, Jay, 
can I pay you in a week or two? And he'd be like, no, it's okay, man. Just come train. And just yeah, he like, did the same for me. Always just like, man, just going out of his way to help people. Yeah. And he's a real that, good guy. That, that says a lot of the type of person you want to have your lineage. I say, I yeah. guess under. See, the thing is for me, I, um, I started training at top for Mitch. Yeah. And then I stayed for Jay. Yeah. Um, cause I, originally I was going to go to Fernando with mm-hmm. Otto's, um, down around, the border but yeah i know where he's at yeah so then i found found a top started talking to you guys started training with you guys and i was like man this this is better yeah uh i actually know mitch l- longer than i know jay mitch's kids actually trained they're used to train at great grappling oh really yeah so when i was at great grappling as a white belt he um mitch would just sit there wearing top gear and wouldn't say much and you know mitch passive mitch, aggressive yeah, Mitch is that guy. He's a very intimidating guy if you don't know him. And um, I would see him just sit there and watch his kids and something martial arts. I would always see it something top martial arts or jujitsu, blah blah blah. And um, you know what? I went up to him and I like I was actually scared to go up to him. And I was like, "Hey, sir, uh, Mitch." And he was like, "Yeah." He gave me this look like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> and I said, "Hey, man, can I have your number?" <laughs> and he was like for what and i was like i just have some questions i i want for you and i want to ask you and he was like all right cool so he gave me his number and uh, i remember i was used to, i was working for the charlotte hornets at the time and uh so after a basketball game i get out it was like nine o'clock i'm taking the train down to south boulevard he's got a burp guys and um i say uh I call him up and I'm like, "Hey, Mitch, this is uh, this is Con." And he's like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "What what do you want to ask me?" Right to the point. Mitch is always to the point. Yeah, straight to the point. And I say, "Hey, man, um, you know, I'm so I'm, you know, I've been training at Great Grappling, and it's kind of where this is where I'm at. And you know, half guard isn't really my thing. I just feel like I'm just basically rolling with monsters that are just laying on me, and just like I'm a small guy. Like at the time, I was 150 pounds, and um." He uh he goes, Yeah, well, you finally reached that point and you know, it's you should probably come out and check us out. And uh he was he never even tried to like convince me to join top. It was very, very like check it out, make yeah. your own decisions and um do what you wanna do. So that's that led me to meeting Jay and I went in one night and I was like, Hey, this is I train over here and um come check i want to check this place out um so two week free trial i started training nonstop. two weeks i took advantage of every single day i think i trained monday through friday at the time at that time the greater days where we had gee <coughs> monday night gee training oh yeah yeah the, the best days of top <laughs> <laughs> the glory days the glory days of uh monday night gee um now it's no gee which i don't like by the way i just it's, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of either. It's to me. It's the. Um, I'm very grip dependent. You know, lapels and stuff same. like that. So I just very much the same. I can't grab in. I like to leg lasso. I like to. And I don't really have a. I guess my. You know, a man introduced me to a worm guard a couple of years ago, and I just fell in love with it, and I still use it to this day. And you know, I always say I'm going to buy the Keenan thing and go down that road, but it's like, man, come on, Keenan, it's like three hundred dollars, like, yeah. And he His only DVDs. does it, he only does this kind of like once a year, and every time it's on sale, I'm broke. So I'm like, 
and I can't pirate the thing anywhere because it's really well guarded, which props to him for that. Yeah. But uh, back to what I was saying is um, uh, I trained for like two weeks straight and I would go back to great grappling with these new moves, new and improved moves. And it's like past people's guards for like minimal effort. Yeah. Like and a hot knife through butter. Rolled with Jeremy and like he was like, hmm, what's going on here? And uh, uh, he kind of knew something was up. And I was conflicted, man. Like, I just, you know, I'm really, I hate making people upset. And, but I knew it was something I had to do. Yeah. And, you know, I said to him, I was like, you know, I just, I want to go train at top. And, you know, he let me go out of my obligations to the gym. And, you know, five years later, I'm still with Jay. And I, I plan to get my black belt from Jay. That's, that's the plan. I told myself before I started jujitsu, you know, I've been one of those guys to start things and, you know, quit halfway and yeah. never start to finish. And I told myself, I told my wife, if I start jujitsu, I won't stop till I get my black belt. And even when I get my black belt, I won't stop. But this is, this is something that I, I want to accomplish. Yeah. I had the same um, mentality with uh, David. I, I still want to get my black belt from him. I think I even told Jay like, Hey, don't, uh, don't give me a black belt, which I mean, Based on Travin, he can't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think I think I'll be a black belt for the rest of my or brown belt for the rest of my life because David's never come down here. Uh, you don't know, man. You don't know. He might. He might if you ask him to. He I have. Probably will. I have. He's, he's always no. talked about it, and uh, he says because he he knows Mitch and like he's he like he. yeah I'll come down for a seminar or I'll do this and that and I'm like no you won't. Hey, Which, never I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, like I said, I don't have a problem being a brown belt forever. Because to me, it's just a belt, you know, yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Like, even if I got the black belt, what's going to, what's going to change? I'm just going to stand in the front of the line. Yeah. You're you right. Know, you're, you're about faster than everybody else. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, I get to look at everyone else instead of being next to everyone else. You know, there's no real difference. I'm not going to be teaching classes. I'm not going to be obligated to, you know, be a ref or, 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 uh, go to competitions you know, there's not nothing's gonna change. I'm hey man, just you'll get it. Just just do it, man. You you're you're. I will say you are probably one of the. I mean, I'm not the greatest at jujitsu, but rolling with you is definitely it's a joy, man. Like your top game is serious. I won't do stand up with you because I know I'm gonna get no, thrown not, across not the drain. Not many people do. But uh, your top game, man. You know, we we do a lot of passing left or right, I'd say, and you, you're probably one of the only people at top that passed the other way. Yeah. And it like confounds everybody. Like, especially me, I'm like, damn it. Dude, Every time. You know, what's funny is when I first started at top, I thought I was the shit. Like I thought I was really good. Like, yeah. Cause at my old place, man, I beat everyone. Yeah. Right. Um, and right before I jumped ship to move to Charlotte, I was, I was a purple belt. Um, and so right when I moved to V gave my brown, I was like, okay, cool. I got my brown belt. Well, you know, I, I deserve it. And then when I got to top, I couldn't pass anyone's guard. I couldn't yeah, do I much of anything. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't deserve this. Like, fuck. I called the V and I was like, dude, just demote me, man. This is rough. <laughs> Give me my purple. Yeah, I was back. like, dude, this is rough. And he's like, he's like, no, no, you're gonna, you're gonna get there. And I'm like, no, man, this sucks. And then like probably a year in was when I realized like, all right, I just wasn't in the competition training. Yeah. Cause what we'd been doing was just basically like the bare minimum basics. You know, we'd been just doing like flow rolling and stuff. Yeah. Like knee cut, knee cut, knee cut, knee cut, yeah. knee cut. 
there wasn't any lasso, there wasn't any worm guard, there was barely any open guard. Like I think one or two guys did spider guard. And the cardio too, you can't forget that. Yeah, that was a big that was a big part of it. I remember you sucking wind the yeah. first couple of weeks. I remember one day I almost passed out. Like, I was I like, this guy's there. not going to make it. I mean, it, you ever see people that come to top and they're just like, yeah. I'm going to do this. And then just like. See, those people, ooh, when I when I roll with them, I'm like, hey, just tone it down. I was where you were. Like, even at yeah. my level, I was where you were. So it's just like, it was a, it was definitely a culture shock for me. Yeah. It was, it was a big it's culture shock. It's different, man. As someone who travels a lot and sees different jujitsu across the country, top is a different beast. It really is. I'd say, oh man, I'll tell you what, there's, there's places I've been to that they don't even roll, man. They literally go through like the technique and it's like crappy technique. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we'll give you the option of rolling after. I went to this place in Alabama once. This is before I was doing all the traveling with Hendrick Motorsports. And uh, I trained there and it was just this tech. I was a blue belt. I had just gotten my blue belt and I was like, just beaten on like brown belts and i was like either i'm amazing <laughs> or these guys are just awful yeah and they were like oh yeah you're a purple belt i'm like no this is definitely a blue belt because you know our blue belts at top they're pretty like, dark they're pretty dark yeah. like they can go either way and uh but you know you talked about getting your purple belt back i mean it's funny that you say that because there's there's days where i'm like can i just get my white belt back because it was like no <laughs> expectations people were nice to me <laughs> It's like the moment at top that you get a promotion to another belt, like everybody turns into a shark. It's like yeah. you either cut yourself in the pool of blood. Is there's like blood in the pool and everybody's yeah. like everyone's already after you. Yeah, or but it's like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of blue belts at top that just disappear, man. Like, yeah, that's that's the that's the breaking point. You know, it's it's crazy, man. I think they just like get there and they're like shit i have to do this all over again harder <laughs> yeah even worse even worse People are gonna start trying this guy i rolled with this guy as a white belt he wasn't this aggressive now he's like choking the life out of me dude like um yeah that's the crazy thing like there's there's obviously there's certain people that you just have to go 100 percent all the time yeah robin shout out to robin on oh, that yeah. one <laughs> you ready mate <laughs> you're ready 100 and uh 100 percent 100%, 100% Jorge. Hun, yep, Jorge. But no, man, one. I'm talking about kids like Alex, like Shema. I haven't seen Alex in a while. I mean, obviously, I've been, I haven't been to the gym yeah, in a I while, think, but um, I haven't seen him in a while. He's either hurt or he's got something going on. Yeah. But I remember I talked to him one day, like he was like talking about how everyone's beating up on him. He's good. Yeah, he's and that's rude. what I said to him. He's I'm like, good. Dude, the only reason people are beating up on you as a white belt is because you're good. He's got a really good guard. Like, for you're You're really good for where you're at. Like he's I, got really I long legs. Yeah, you can't pass. You have to literally like brute force your way. Oh yeah, you gotta run. You gotta run like a whole track length around him. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's got good invert and he's got um good re- retention. Um, yeah. but kids like that, kids like fucking Shamal. Yeah, he's the uh, worst. He's he's the worst. Shamal, you are the worst. You you're too good. Way too good. And it's like, man, if he's that good, just imagine people that beat him. How good are they? Yeah, you know, that's exactly the thing. It's like, I think he just fought that guy from, um, what's this dude's name? Uh, Rafa School. Yeah, didn't he go to... Uh, from uh, Art of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And he almost beat him. And um, even the guy came up to... I think Piper was the one that told me that he went up to Piper trying to get information about where Shema's from. And some Piper was like, I'm just coaching the guy. Like, he's not really one of my students. He's a friend of mine, but 
Yeah. So it just tells you, man, how good that kid is. And he's just a different breed. Man. I just don't understand how he can bend his legs and not get hurt. Dude, yeah, I was I was telling Ahmed this other day. Like I literally threw this kid on his head and he used his head to spin around and take me down like that. Yeah. Like, just like that. Yeah, I watch him. He goes to Piper sometime too and he rolls with Piper and he Piper loves rolling with him and it's a good like roll for him. He'll tell me like, man, this is a great roll because I'll just go 100% with him. And like, he just pushes me to the limit. He's he's just, he's, he's one of a kind. He really is really good. I hate it. I hate it and I love it. Imagine how I feel being that I'm 35 and this kid's like 24 or something. I think I've swept Shoma once in about 150 rolls (laughs) and I'm exaggerating how many rolls. I don't think I've swept him ever. Once. Only once. And I was so proud. <laughs> I was like, finally. And then he proceeded to beat the brakes off of me. Dude, I don't think I swept him ever. I don't think I've ever done... I don't think I've ever even scored on him. Yeah, he's... He probably let me, though, to be honest. He was probably yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to work on He probably on just took my, a breath. He's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, two points. He can have it. I'll, yeah. take, I'll take the other <laughs> he 20. He felt bad. <laughs> felt bad. He was like, this poor old man. God, it's like characters like him. Um, there's this other guy I know that's a black belt, like 6'3". This motherfucker comes in, benches, or he deadlifts like four or 500 pounds for reps, mm-hmm. and then he gets on the mats. He does like a full workout, then he gets on the mats. I'll tell you, I'll say lifting weights is is critical. Oh, it yeah. really is. I, um, I still lift weights for it. I started lifting again. So when I was in high school, I was lifting a lot. Um, I'm 5'9". My average weight is probably about 155 and I met this guy while I was working part-time at a supermarket in Massachusetts and his name was David he used to be a bodybuilder on San Diego and I was like he was like hey he looked at me he said you lift and I, man, I was probably like <laughs> man, I was probably like 19 at the time and I was like well I'm you know, dabbling you know it's just like every teenager who yeah. lifts and you're like looking in the mirror like yeah, yeah the show muscles some, got the biceps like, look the at chest. these guns <laughs> And uh, I get there, and he's, like, talking to me, like, hey, you know, uh, I'm a bodybuilder. And he was a big guy, man, big guy. And he was the guy who showed me how to properly lift weights, yeah. like, form. And to this day, like, I still use the workouts he showed me. And wherever he's at, God bless him. I haven't <laughs> talked to him in years. Um, and, I mean, he got me big like naturally big like i wasn't even on like steroids or anything like i was like 180 pounds of like solid muscle like solid muscle and that's on my frame 180 is like 220 yeah like i was jacked like my chest was so big i felt like i needed a freaking bra <laughs> like that's and my back were like i had literally like my lats were like wings like i was yeah you got the christmas I, tree on the back dude i was literally working out like two days two times a day and we were like but he was like man he told me he was doing steroids back in the day he was definitely juicing and he would always tell me don't ever take steroids ever like they will they will fuck up your mind and they'll destroy you they destroy your mind and obviously they destroy your internal organs and stuff like that and he told me like don't ever ever do them promise me and until this day i never have like i've been 100 percent natural and uh i moved out one time funny story and um i moved out i was 21 and i got this apartment i was like mom i'm moving out i'm a grown man (laughs) i moved out with a buddy of mine 
couple of stories from this this situation. And uh, David was always like a, he's always been um, like a loner. Yeah. Never really, didn't have a good relationship with his dad. His mom had passed away. Never very stable. He lived in California for a while, then moved over here. And I was like, yeah, David, um, you know, just move in. Just, you can sleep in my room. At the time I had a girlfriend. I was basically staying more at her house than I was staying at my house. And it was like, uh, just move in. So I had a call one day and um, it's the apartment leasing office. And they're like, we called the cops on your apartment. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, nobody's there but my my buddy. Yeah, there's a guy screaming that he's uh, going to kill you. Not me, just like, I'm going to kill you in general, like screaming. Yeah. So I talked to David. I said, what the hell is going on? I said, why am I getting a call from the leasing office saying that the police are coming to my house? Oh, yeah. So uh, I had the the sliding door open to the porch, and I was doing push-ups, getting ready for our workout, because he always did had this routine. He, he'd do push-ups. And then he um, he couldn't lift without taking a shit. Like he had to take a shit every time before. Yeah, I, like it I was get the it. The strangest, like he was, it was the strangest thing ever. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, well, I was doing push-ups and I got really into it. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going <laughs> to kill you. And I was like, David, you can't say those things with the <laughs> door open. Like, so... You know, that ended, that was one strike on us already, like being in the apartment like two weeks in. It's literally like right away. And one night I came home from work and my roommate, he um, he was throwing a party. Oh, yeah. And it was a small apartment, probably a thousand square feet. And um, I walk in. Sure enough, there's literally like a hundred people in my apartment. Like it was a sea, like it was literally being in a mosh pit. Like there was people You couldn't even everywhere. move. And I couldn't believe how disrespectful that Derek would go ahead and like open the house up like that. I'm a very private person. Like I have my friends very, you know, I have five, six friends that I'm pretty cool with. And I mean, you're the first person that comes to my house in probably months. Like really, I don't open the door to my house to many people. Like if I invite you to my house, it's because I actually like you. Well, thanks. uh, I like you too, man. Yeah, man. (laughs) And then, uh, so I'm standing there. I'm like, You've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you're like full blown party, like out of those movies, like kid and play. <laughs> and I'm like, I stand there and I'm like, attention. I'm like trying to get everybody attention. Hello, uh, everybody, get the fuck out of my house. And uh, everybody left. Came home one night. There was some dude in my bed with three girls in the morning. And I was like, all right, this. So I just like, literally just left and they honestly it was so bad that they broke the lease for us they like ended it they were like please leave we'll do whatever it takes just to leave that's pretty bad yeah it was pretty bad but um yeah man um back to that like david was just very unique individual and but he showed me how to lift weights and then i stopped lifting weights after i hurt my shoulder in 2006 and didn't really start picking i didn't i just I could lift so much for my frame. I was like lifting like 280, 300 pounds, um, 250 on the incline, 275 on the incline and try to go back. And I remember going back one day and this girl's like curling like 80 pound dumbbells. And I just, it like crushed my ego, like killed it. And uh, I just said, fuck it. I'm not doing this. And then, um, Started working at Hendrick Motorsports in 2018 of uh, in May, 
And Brian, who I was telling you about earlier, he was like, you should probably lift weights. So I started lifting weights again. And I love it again. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get as big as I used to. I was, but I definitely felt, feel uh, an improvement with jujitsu. Like, yeah, I don't feel sure. as, especially as some people like you like like to smash. Like, I feel like I have more to push off. Oh, you're definitely a strong guy. Like, yeah. now I feel strong. Like, even you're, you're probably one of my favorite roles because, you know, you're, you're technical, but you're also more athletic. Yeah. You know, that's what I like. Um, not to the extent of like Shamal, but no, 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 definitely. I, um, I feel like I am athletic and you know, one of the things I told the doctor was my foot, I can't, am I going to lose my mobility? Like I, I move, I know I have a lot of athleticism with moving around, yeah. but I, I don't want to lose that. That, that was the biggest thing for me was, um, being able to, to keep that. And he said, yeah, I mean, even if you have to have surgery, I mean, there's still a, there's still a possibility that as I get older, I might have to have the surgery. But for now, you know, I'm 35. I can probably get away with my body healing itself. Yeah. You can get with a little bit more. Um, but yeah, lifting, man. I'll, I've been lifting since I was like 14. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest constants in my life. Like even if I stop doing jiu-jitsu, probably won't. But even if I do, I'll still be lifting. I'll still be in the gym. And like that's another thing about lifting is you got you also have to leave the ego at the door you know like when i first started lifting i'd be like man i gotta get my numbers up i gotta get like two three hundred pounds on my squat yeah. my deadlift but now it's like there could be a like you said like a hundred pound girl right next to me doing like 300 pounds and i'll be doing like two like maybe 200 and yeah. struggling with it and it doesn't bother you anymore. it doesn't bother me yeah and that's kind of where i'm at i don't care about bench pressing yeah. 250 like as long as i've feel good and i look good it, it, to me it's more gaining a little bit more strength and more endurance on that yeah. department and being able to feel good like you i mean I, I was reading the article another i was reading an article the other day i did some survey I spent a lot of time on twitter and um also twitter you know that's the thing it, it really is a thing i just don't uh I used to be big on Facebook, just got away from that, just from privacy concerns. And I mean, I still have the account, but I barely log into it. I use it more for fantasy football. And then Instagram is kind of the same way I feel about Facebook, just because it's owned by Facebook. And But now Twitter's kind of got its hooks in me, and Ahmed will send me some junk all the time. It's <laughs> pretty funny shit. Um, but I, I saw an article on Twitter, and it was saying like most men um, are perfectly fine we're having a good looking upper body. Like that's the yeah. most, that's the, that's the, the biggest concern for any male that's looking to get into lifting weights, but it's all genetics. I mean, yeah. like, you, you can look at a guy who's like super strong, but he's bulky or someone like me. I'm not the strongest guy, but you know, I can get cut easily. Yeah. Like I can get some size and I'm cut. Like, like someone like The Rock, like shit. Yeah, you don't need to be that big. But that's a lot of steroids. Let's be honest. No, well, I mean, yeah, he's WWE. He's naturally that big. Well, have you seen his parents though? His parents are huge. Yeah, he's Samoan. Yeah, so there's I a mean, bit of genetics. There. There's a bit of genetics, but he's the he's size a, of him is genetics, but the cut of him, yeah, is, is definitely steroids. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely on the gas, and LeBron is also on the gas, and that's specifically for Edgar Gomez, who doesn't believe he's. Well, we not we on actually. Gas. Uh, that's a, that's another discussion right there, because I think I think all athletes, no matter what you're doing, you're on steroids, you're on some form of steroids, you're on some form of. You PMBs. think so? I, I, think I don't so. think so. I mean, it's very prevalent 
probably in football and baseball and there's some uh, of it in basketball but fair. i don't i've met a bunch of them like mma fighters ufc fighters oh those guys are definitely on they're on, they're on like, look at john jones he's been they're all on several PDs. times they have to be i mean it's trained that hard and and olympic athletes peds yeah every every athlete they're on peds pro athletes they're on peds like yeah. there's no way around it and especially because peds encompasses a lot of things a lot of things. yeah it's pretty broad on what you can take yeah it's it's so much like freaking um remember lance armstrong he was taking like oxygen peds that would make his yeah like, like freaking female athletes when they take like um like pms pills or whatever like yeah. hormone pills that's peds yeah because it's a hormone blocker yeah you know but that's another discussion i'm gonna i'm gonna close that out right here you know, <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, yeah. We, that's that's a that's a pretty deep rabbit hole yeah but um yeah like lifting man I'm never going to not lift. Like, I was actually at the gym the other day. Like, I have a routine right now. I'm feeling good about it. What Get, you doing? So, I do a four-day split. Okay. Upper and lower. Yeah. Yeah. So, upper is Monday, Thursday. I hit my chest, my back, my arms. And uh, Tuesday, Friday is lower body. So, I do squats. Yeah. You know, a lot of squats, a lot of lunges. Do you enjoy um, legs? I do and I don't. Okay. I like working on my legs because obviously it's like one of those big things you know like squats obviously it's like a full body workout but because i still have the stress fracture issue yeah i have a hip impingement my knees actually have little to no cartilage in them yeah you've told me that i've before. got ankle issues um it's just rough man i it's it's not that i don't like it but it's just it hurts like, it, it's not hurting in a good way either. Like, sometimes I feel like my knee's going to explode and yeah. I have to stop, you know? Do you use, um, so I was having an issue with my right knee from training. Something happened with my knee. I don't, I think I was, I was, tra- I was rolling with Paul and you know, Paul likes to stack yeah. everything and Paul Hine. Yeah, Paul Hine. Um, and I went to leg lasso, kind of dump sweep him and I put my knee shield up to last, I had my lasso on my left leg, knee shield up and he like smashed the knee and like something, I felt something like kind of go off and I was like, okay, whatever. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's meniscus at this point. Actually, it's, since I haven't trained in over a month, it feels amazing. <laughs> like I don't, I think it's repaired itself and which is probably another good thing that I haven't trained my, I've given my body some sort of rest and, uh, it's just even I got uh, Swagner on it. He it's called Incredibrace. It's uh, it's look them up on Amazon. They're like twenty bucks. This a phenomenal knee brace. Like if you're you, if you have knee issues and you know you're squatting and it's bothering you, look it up. Incredibrace. It's twenty twenty five bucks, and it's solid. Like I I can't train without it. Like it it gives me the confidence of being able to do whatever I need to do on the mat without having to worry about my knee. And he Swagner actually has two, one for each knee. Oh yeah, yeah I know. I've seen it. But about that, I don't really believe in that. You don't? I don't believe in using braces unless it's absolutely necessary. You think it's a placebo? No, no. I think it gets to the point where, yes, it works. Like, a, like obviously, a brace is going to work. It's going to keep everything together. But your body's going to start relying on it in a bad way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can see that because I feel like when I don't have it, I feel naked and exactly. I feel like I need it. Like, oh, my exactly. God. It's the back of my mind. Like, there's been days I forget it at the house and I'm, I go to train and you I'm get like, self-conscious about oh, it shit i forgot my brace like, yeah am i gonna tear my knee work? exactly yeah yeah so i i get what you're saying yeah i don't i don't enjoy those things like when i lifted heavy i actually tried to power lift i tried to do olympic lifting um i never wore a belt i never wore straps 
Yeah, straps are bad. Uh, yeah. David used to tell me all the time, you don't ever wear straps. Yeah. I actually, a guy from work, he was wearing straps a lot. And, uh, and you know, straps create this artificial strength for you yeah. where you're holding the bar, but you really can't lift that much. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me he was lifting one day, using straps all the time, and his uh, right hand just lost feeling. Like, literally, his hand, like, lost color. Just, like, went numb? Just numb. He had to have surgery this a couple of weeks ago, and um, they ended up finding a tumor. And so that's compounded with the straps and the tumor and all that stuff. But yeah, I've never, David used to tell me all the time, don't ever use straps. So build your calluses is yeah. basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a reason you're lifting, you know, you're trying to get stronger. Yeah. And if you take away one component of it, and even in jujitsu, you're, you're trying to make your body stronger in a way. And so like, unless you really need it, like if your knee pops out like every second, you don't you don't need to wear a knee brace. You I mean, probably need to have surgery at that point. Yeah, and I get like you know Wagner always wearing his braces and stuff because he's always done that. You yeah. know, like Jay is always taping his fingers because he's always done that. Yeah, I used to tape my fingers too, and I just stopped. Like it's, eh. Yeah, I, I just don't I believe don't, in that kind of stuff. I don't. It's not really a benefit. Like if my gym, my fingers jammed, I'll tape it. But other than that, like I don't. But I will. The only thing I will do is wear a mouth guard. Oh yeah, for sure. Teeth, yes. teeth don't repair themselves. I don't understand people that roll and uh, don't wear a mouth guard. Like, unfortunately, my buddy Malvin up in Boston didn't wear a mouth guard. Got elbowed in the mouth and lost one of his front two. And it's been like this journey of like getting everything fixed. Yeah. And I just like it's like freaking like I'm mad. He doesn't wear a mouth guard. Like I don't mean to call him out like that, but dude, yeah, he needs that's to wear crazy. One. <laughs> I think everyone should wear a mouth guard. Like, that's probably the most important thing. Unless you don't really care about your teeth, wear a mouth guard. Yeah, you have to wear a mouth guard. Like, and then you can get a custom one for, like, $70. Like, my dentist, he does jujitsu actually. That's part of the reason he's my dentist. <laughs> uh, he, uh, Dr. Seitlin, uh, Dr. Eric Seitlin, he, um, up in Charlotte, great guy. If you need a dentist, go see him. He's a brown belt. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he does jujitsu and, uh. I ended up over there when I was working with the Hornets. They're like the the Sightland office is the uh, primary dentist office for the the Charlotte Hornets. And I um, got my teeth clean, and I'm looking at his ears, and I'm like, <laughs> cauliflower ear. I was like, do you do jujitsu? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of hit it off there. And he, every time I go in, he's always like, hey, man, how is everything going? Blah, blah, blah. So I got to go see him here. You know, every six months I usually go. And... um first time i went i was like yeah i train and we started talking about jujitsu and he's like you have a mouth guard and i was using one of those rinky dinky ones that you just boil yeah like one of the everlasting ever fit they just feel like you have this like bar of soap yeah. in your mouth and uh i go yeah i have this one he's like well um i can make you a custom one so it's like it was like i don't know how much it is now but at the time it was like 75 dollars took like a 3d image of my teeth and dude it was the best investment i've ever made like out of any gear or whatever or uh spats or you know under garments that you wear like the 75 dollar mouthpiece is a thing yeah, and that's gonna last a lifetime too yeah if it if it ever breaks or i lose it he told me just come on see me and we'll i have take a care sisu of you ever oh, heard of sisu mm-hmm. sisu is um the mouth guard brand they actually um I think I have their tier two or something, and it's built for combat sports. Yeah, and it's it's pretty good. It's it's done a lot better than like the Everlast shit that I get from like Walmart or whatever. 
But yeah, man, the first day I put it on, I was like, ah, oh, God, I can't. Because I, I used to do MMA. Yeah, um, it takes a while to get yeah. used to breathing with it. Like it really does. But the Sisu has, has like this weird sort of design on it, which allows you to breathe through it. So like is it like perforated? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's cool. Perforated. Cool. Yeah, mine's very like regular, but it's custom to my team. So it just yeah, like so that, fits that helps like a glove. But man, I can't, I can't understand. Like, were you there that day that I was rolling with Josh? He doesn't wear a mouth guard. He does not. And I, I accidentally kicked him, but when I kicked him, he pulled my foot towards his face too. So it was like double, double whammy. Yeah, double whammy. Chipped his tooth, but also the the chipped tooth stabbed through my leg. Right? And so I'm bleeding out my leg. He's bleeding out of his mouth. And we're trying to figure out what the hell happened. Did you have the, the, the tooth in your leg? In my leg, yeah. It, like the piece of the tooth was piece in your tooth, leg? Piece of tooth was in my leg. Oh, Lord. And so like this guy, like he looks like freaking Freddy Krueger with this tooth hanging out. <laughs> I got a tooth in my foot. You know, and it's one of those really weird situations where Jay comes over. It's like, what happened? He just sees blood everywhere. He's like, what happened? Oh, just put an ice pack on. And he's like, get Lysol. You know, <laughs> Lysol. Yeah, it's, it's like, like that. Like that's that, gonna help. My dude. Greek wedding with everything. It's like, put some Windex on it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like I'm bleeding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm bleeding, and someone's DNA is in my body right yeah. now. And I so, don't appreciate it. Man, wear a mouth guard. If you guys train, if you guys do any sport, wear a freaking mouth guard. Like if you play chess, wear a freaking mouth guard. Yeah. Yeah, if you uh, play Fortnite or a mouth guard. But no, yeah, seriously, if you if you play like sports, especially contact sports, and you're not wearing a mouth guard, you're taking a big risk, and it's just not worth it. I know? will say I never wore a mouth guard when I played basketball. I used to play a lot of basketball, but that's basketball is a little bit more understandable because it's yeah. not truly a. But contact I mean, you sport. can you can, you can get, get elbow. You can be in a box out for a rebound and get an elbow to yeah, your face for sure. But you know, it's it's unless you in that position all the time. You know, yeah. It's just, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I get it for soccer, you know, because you don't never know when you need to take a head, you know, a head ball or when someone's, like, trying to box you out. Football, obviously, you got to wear a mouth guard. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an essential thing. Does your uh, your son plays baseball, right? He does. He doesn't wear a mouth guard. Why not? He, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't think baseball players wear mouth guards, honestly. I don't think any of them. Does he ever need? Uh, did he ever need braces or anything? No, he's not at that age yet. He's um, his teeth are coming in, his like real teeth now, and they're pretty. He's got um, pretty straight teeth. Um, my my smallest one definitely will need braces, and the oldest one actually just got her braces taken off. Oh, that was a uh, pleasure, man. And uh, you know, you know, they say that my wife was telling me that they say that uh, kids with braces get some sort of attachment to it, and they get depressed after they take them off. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Apparently, that's a thing. They get attached to the braces being in their mouth and always get accustomed I, I get to that. that feeling. And when they get taken off, they're like, oh, my, where's that feeling? I get that. Because when I got my braces off, I didn't really have the mental thing. I had the physical thing. So yeah. I'd be like licking my, my teeth. I wouldn't be licking my lips. I'd be licking my teeth. I, I can see that. I mean, like, I'm to the point right now where it's like, how am I ever going to feel like I'm walking normally? Like, I have a little limp right now. And yeah. I'm like, what if I... Like, is this just the way it's going to be? Like, You get used to it. I have a limp. Yeah. Do you ever notice? No, I haven't. I have, I have a pretty big... It, some days it's pretty bad, but most days it's... it's Is it like normal. from your hip? Yeah. Being... Yeah, so... Do, uh, you, uh, do you do chiropractic care? No. You know, honestly, it, it did help me. I did I actually... You know what? I uh, When I was at Great Grappling, I was rolling with a guy. Um, 
and I was playing bottom and it was in those days where I was just trying to figure out what type of game I was going to get into. And I was in uh DLL guard, the mm-hmm. Lariva guard. And, uh, he, um, I went to lift him over and like kind of sweep him over my head and he picked me up. So we were in that position, like, you know, kind of hugging your close guard, hugging yeah. that deal. And he slipped dude. And, uh, bam landed on like land his weight landed on me and i remember i'll never forget it i was um i heard a big pop pop and i said this is it i'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life (laughs) i said i'm never gonna walk again and uh i could feel like a tingling sensation in my legs and i said oh my god i'm never walking again that this is awful this is so bad i can't believe i did this to myself and I kind of just, you know, we were talking about just toughing through it. Yeah. And I toughed through it and switched schools in that time. Kept training with Jay. One night my back gave out, man. Like my lower back gave out. Um, I remember telling Jay, I'm done. Like I can't roll right now. I crawled off the mat. That's how bad it was. Oh, man. I couldn't even like straighten my back out. Luckily, my m- wife's friend knew someone who did some PT. And she helped me get my back in line. I guess my back and my hips were all out of line. Messed up. Yeah. And like, um, always get a second opinion. Like, always. you know, don't ever go to the doctor or anywhere and just be like, okay, this is fine. Like the first doctor wanted me to fuse my foot and the second doctor is like, you don't need surgery. So always get a second or third opinion. Like no matter what the situation is, like, I don't care what it is. Get a second opinion. Yeah. So she helped me out and she was, Amy's her name. And she just really, like really put it together for me. So I forgot where I was going with this. Um, Chiropractic. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So then, um, you know, I, I've always done chiropractic care here and there. I did some some stuff. I had a guy in Boston who would do it. A uh, real good guy. He lost his license for some crazy shit. Um, okay. <laughs> crazy shit. He was like basically stealing. He was, ba- he basically, <laughs> he basically had this scam where he's um, like, making fake car accidents at the time this is early 2000s making fake car accidents. yeah like he'd say like hey uh max this guy is gonna meet up with you and he's gonna rear-end you you say your neck oh, hurts okay okay so, so it like was fraud. insurance fraud yeah yeah so uh he lost his license on that i won't mention his name just for privacy reasons and um so that's kind of where but he ended up fixing my mom's neck my mom had a terrible neck issue it's part of the reason why we left the north because she couldn't stand the, the the snow and all that stuff. We we're just like killing her, her neck, and she had all these doctors looking at it. And she went to a chiropractor, and she he aligned her up, and she's been good since. And she goes once in a while and gets an adjustment. But um, I will say, man, the um, there's a couple places, and it's chiropractic care is like snake oil. Sometimes I feel like yeah, it makes you feel good for a little bit. There's a guy here in Indian Land. Um, dynamic chiropractic he's um he's really good like really really good he he's taken care of me a couple times and um i'm actually gonna go back and see him because i have some i still have back pain from that injury but um he's solid uh dr terry i think is his name yeah i i would definitely recommend dr terry he's top of the line with um with care and he he, he doesn't give you that feel like i'm in it for insurance money you know he gives it he gives you for he takes care of you for for human reasons like yeah your back's jacked up like he's trying to help you he's he's trying to help you and it's i don't feel like when i go to dr terry like it's a placebo effect like it's yeah. really like okay well what's going on um 
you need to do this. Like, I'm going to adjust you, but that's only going to take you for the next week. But if it's a long-term thing, you need to do these exercises at home. Like, it's the first chiropractic doctor that I've been to that it's like, bam, do this. Yeah. Not like, hey, let me... um, Let me do it for you. Let me charge your insurance for the 25 visits you get a year. Yeah, it's like the teach a man a fish kind of thing. Yeah. See, that's what I like. I like like when doctors have that sort of... um, or any, any sort of medical, I guess, field has that sort of insight where they're like, you know, I, I want to help you. I'm yeah. going to show you how to help yourself, you know, because that's where it starts. Yeah, it's you can only do... You can only do so much. So much. You yeah. got to help yourself. Like my... Uh, I, I don't know if he's still my doctor because I don't know if I'm still under my parents' insurance or not. I forget how young you are, man. Like I always... I'm 26. Like, I know. It's just like, it's like you just have this like, this aura of like being my age like you i get you, that a lot you're, you're really mature i guess is what I, I'm I get saying. that like a lot. you're you carry yourself very quietly and it's like okay well i know what i'm talking about like some people you talk to like this dude just talking yeah, bullshit I, I get that a lot but um yeah my doctor i think yeah he does jiu-jitsu i think he's a purple belt he was a blue belt when i when i went to him but i think it's purple belt now but when i broke my rib he was like I went to get like second opinions and whatnot, but his opinion was probably like his opinion was obviously the first because he's my primary physician. And he's like, I shit you not. He walks in with the x ray in his hand, puts it on the board, and he's like, Just break the other side. I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, break the other side, make it even. <laughs> you can't be serious. And he's like, No, yeah, it, it'll look better. It'll look better. So yeah. It'll be symmetrical. And I was like, You're joking, right? He's like, Yeah, I can't do anything. It's, it's poking out because it was like, yeah, a triangle, and he's like, it's poking out. So if I do anything, it'll make it worse. I'm rib like, injuries are tough. I mean, yeah, they're really I'm, tough. I'm glad I haven't had a rib injury. I broke it again and again, years. over and over again, because it sticks out. That know? and it's it heals very slowly. This yeah. is you. This foot injury is like my first real injury in jujitsu. Like the back really? injury was like okay, I have a back injury, but I never felt like it was debilitating. This is definitely the first time I felt like fuck, like. This is for real. Dude, I've had all kinds of injuries. Oh, I know. I can only imagine, like, it must suck to have, like, hip problems. Like, It really does. It, it's, like, people don't, like, think about that. And as you think about, like, a hip injury, like, I have a friend of mine who got into a car accident a couple months ago, fractured his hip. It changed his whole life. Yeah. Like, hip injuries are no joke. Like, there's one, those are one of the things that scare me, a, a messed up hip and a torn ACL. I actually have uh, an MCL issue. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's actually on the same leg as my hip. And it's probably because your hip it is. causes yeah. stress on your knee. So I went to a physical therapist and they were saying that um, it all stems from the fact that I'm flat-footed. Are you flat-footed? No, I have a really distinct arch. Yeah, I'm flat-footed. And so... My wife is flat-footed. Yeah. And so is my son. Yeah, and that's that's the reason I have all these issues, because I didn't correct it when I was supposed to. And so, obviously, when you're flat-footed, it messes up the way your knees are positioned, Yeah, which messes up your ankles and your yeah. hips. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, and from there, it goes to your spine, to your shoulders. That's why I have bad shoulders. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was a eye-opener for me, and like... I've pretty much spent my entire life trying to correct it. Go see Dr. Terry. Yeah, dude, it's it's tough, man, because like it's gotten to the point because I correct. I started trying to correct it maybe about three years ago and it's way too late. You know, it's it's not too late to to obviously prevent issues. Yeah, but it's but too late you to have to maintain it so it doesn't get yeah, worse. Exactly. It's kind of like 
spinal care it's the same thing i mean you have degenerative like issues like if you don't correct it it's like and even then like i feel like i have neck problems like i'll get batman neck you know like looking around you can't that's what i that's what i call it because you just like like stiff neck i like i prefer batman neck because you know batman moves around and he's just like he can't move his neck (laughs) yeah so uh depending on how i sleep man or if like that's also a reason i do no gi i don't do no gi because there's always guillotines and that creates stress on the neck so when you get guillotined or whatever i mean there's been days i train and i like invert and i roll on my shoulders Next day I wake up and it's this sharp pain on the right side of my neck and it's awful. Like I can't move around. It takes literally like four or five days for it to like start subsiding. And, uh, I don't know what I did. I think it was a few weeks. It was a couple months ago. Um, I was on the road. I don't know what I did. I think I was after training and I got both sides, both left side of my neck and the right side of my neck, like spine wise. And then it had like double batman neck (laughs) it was so fucking painful i was popping like tylenol and anything i could find in the hauler so like the haulers are basically this big truck yeah and it carries the race car and it's literally like they have everything in there for us like food medicine sunblock drinks you gotta survive off that thing yeah like that's really like our home base and there's four of them so i was like going through each team like trying to find what i can use it was Dude, it was it was probably the worst episode I've had. I actually have a a buddy of mine has neck issues. He's about like fifty, but yeah, he's had neck issues his whole life. There's a machine I can't remember what it's called, but basically you lay down on it, cradles you use your it neck. on the door. I think so. Yeah, it's like a neck hammock. I think it's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Have you tried that? No, I looked into getting one actually for my wife. She's not around here. I thought I was gonna get it for her for Christmas, but um, yeah, that's that's something I highly I ended recommend. up going and uh another way but yeah apparently you like put it on the door and you like suspend yourself off yeah. the door and yeah. it like stretches it, it out kind of stretches it out for you yeah so i have looked into that and um i'll probably do it sometime next year but i think a lot of mine have been from like benching like you know when you bench yeah i don't know if it's the wrong form or something but you always tend to lift your neck a little bit as you come up i actually push my neck back yeah, I end up yeah. forgetting all the time, and I push my neck forward. I, so. I did a lot of research. I was actually a personal trainer, but um, I did a lot of research on like correct form and whatnot. And one guy I highly recommend is um, he's on YouTube. Is uh, Jeff Cavalier? Mm-hmm. He was the trainer for I think the Mets. But yeah, he's like really good. All he talks about is like this is how you're supposed to do the exercise, like scientifically. Yeah, anatomically, you know, he's really good. Um, Athlete X is his uh, YouTube page. I'll look, I'll look him up. But yeah, it's it's great. All of my programs since about 2015 have been based off of his teachings. Do you uh, do you YouTube a lot? Um, only on my spare time. Like I watch him because you know lifting's like a big thing for me. I yeah. watch a guy who plays a lot of StarCraft. Yeah, because you I like StarCraft. I love StarCraft. Oh, Jay loves StarCraft too. I know. Do you play against him? No, we actually, um, we, we talked about playing and we wanted to get, um, Samuel Braga to yeah, do, to yeah. do a three-way That guy's match. really good. But God dude, damn, man, Jay's good. good. Jay's, I mean, he's Korean. It's like yeah, 200 it's, AP. It's like per blood. minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah, we actually talked about, uh, APM. For those of you that don't know, APM is actions per minute. Um, he gets roughly about 200. I actually get about 300. Do you? Yeah. 
that I get about 60. I'm terrible. <laughs> I did play a couple games. So I had a roommate who was really into it with his dad. And uh, he's like, you, uh, it's right around the time StarCraft 2 came out for Blizzard. And um, I dabbled in Swarm all the way, by the way. Oh, yeah, um, dude. Zerg. I, I, Zerg, Zerg all the way, yeah, man. Yeah, Swarm. See, I, that's how big of a StarCraft fan I am not. Um, I, uh, I just... I suck, dude. I just, I didn't have the patience for it. I just can't. Oh, dude, it's it's a grind. It's like 60. And it's, I honestly felt like it was the same, like, build over and over and over. I mean, that's what it is. And I just, how fast you can do that build. And then I really sucked at scouting. Scouting was my downfall. Like, you have to send out your probe and see what the other guy's doing. And every time I got, like, rushed... I was dead. <laughs> like, I would collapse. See, I, I find a lot of parallels between StarCraft and Jiu-Jitsu because it's like, it follows the same motto. You never get good, you only get better. Yeah. And so, man, a lot of people have egos when they come play this game because it's like, you know, they take it as not a game. Are people still playing the game? Hell yeah. Yeah? Dude, it's, it's, it's still big? It's still, definitely in Korea, it's dying because yeah. all, all the Korean pros are like going to military, you know, because it's mandatory over there. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely growing in like Europe and uh, in America. Is there any talk for StarCraft Three? No, no, no. I you don't think, think they're so. done, dude. It took them like fifteen years just to make a sequel. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing with Diablo. I mean, yeah. Diablo Four is coming out. Um, I do play that once in a while. I don't play Three anymore, but I did play it a lot when it came out. And Two is my jam. Two is probably the best one. Hell yeah. Uh I just fire goal and build, man. That was that's the only thing I did. I just I'm looking forward to four, but I won't buy right away. I um I don't really have a game that I'm looking forward to right now. I think probably The Last of Us Two is probably the only thing. That's um. See, for me, I don't buy games until like way late. Like for Grand, I got at. Grand Theft Auto like four years late. And that it's a great game though. Yeah, it is. Do you play online? No, no. I hate this, playing online. It depends on what you play. Yeah. Like, I'll play StarCraft online because obviously you have to. It's yeah. 1v1. Yeah, it's a competitive game. You have to play against someone, you know? And I'll do that just because that's the only way I'm going to get better. Yeah, I was like level cardboard, which was below bronze. <laughs> Did you ever play League of Legends? I tried. I tried. tried. I was a big League guy, but the problem with League of Legends was I tilted so hard. I don't know what you... Do you know what tilted means? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what tilted means, it means you get really mad for losing. Yeah. And I'm a very bad loser. And uh, I would like, so like ranked League of Legends is the equivalent of cancer. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Uh, you know, there's, I have a good friend of mine named John. Um, he's really good at League of Legends, like diamond, platinum, whatever it is. And I could never get past silver. Like my life goal is always to get to gold, but I don't care anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, do you play Heroes of the Storm? That's like Blizzard's equivalent. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I I tried it out, but it's so bad. You think like, so? Oh, I, I played terrible. it for a while. You know they're not even supporting it anymore. Basically, yeah, they shut it down last year. They shut. Uh, they'll, they'll keep it, but it's not. There's no more. The competitive scene shut down. Yeah. They um, I think they released one character recently for BlizzCon, but after that, they um, I think they're done. I mean, obviously, be. It, it was bound to crash because they spent like millions on it for no reason. You know what I mean? Like the competitive scene was just trash. Yeah. There's no way you're going to be League of Legends. No, I mean, that's the thing. That's, you know, that's, uh, I, I, 
You know what I've been playing lately is uh, Terraria. You ever, you ever I've heard Terraria? of it. Yeah. It's pretty addicting. Yeah. And um, you basically just go out and just build some stuff and like uh, dig and find. And it's like, you know, there's some bosses and stuff, but it's it's character progression. I'm all about character progression. RPGs. That's that's, that's my thing. Yeah. And then uh, Stardew Valley came out with a 1.4 update, so I might dabble in that. Like, this is a bunch of games that I just will play for a week and just they'll go back into the, I'm not going to play it. You ever thought about introducing your son to do it? Doing what? RPGs. Because I know Fortnite's like... He, honestly, I bought him uh, Mario Odyssey when it came out in 2017, and he be- he beat it in like five days. Really? Yeah, he blew right through Like the it. entire thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, he didn't do all the moons. There's like 900 okay. moons and stuff like that. See, that's what he I did, thought he you beat the, he He beat the game, like the storyline, you can say. Yeah. Well, have him play uh, Zelda. He doesn't... He's not really into it. Really? Yeah, he's not. He's really into... Uh, I think he's he's really into Fortnite, and um, lately he has been saying he's getting tired of it. I mean, it's I all mean, he I can plays. See that. It's that, that's really repetitive to me. I just... You know, I don't mind the shooting aspect of it. It to me, it's the building. I absolutely suck at it. Um, the fact that he can build on the go, like I can build a wall, and it takes me literally ten seconds to process that in my brain. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like running up ramps that are being built as he runs up, and I'm yeah. like, how? And then his little fingers, like, it's crazy. Like your reflexes, how slow they get. It's the older, it's the older you get. Like, Dude, yeah. I'm 35, obviously, and then it's like, I feel like I'm 70 trying to build these like platforms. Dude, you know the average age for retirement for gamers is like my Eight, age. 18, I think. It's like my age. But I think at 18, that's like the peak. 18 is when the reflexes start diminishing. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because like all these kids, like your son could probably be a prodigy. He know? um he's really trying to get me to to let him stream, and I've been thinking about it. But it's just you know, man, like. As someone who works in IT and understands the internet, like I don't want to expose him to. Yeah. I mean, it was I'll I'll never forget one day he came up to me and he was crying and like bawling his eyes out, and he was upset because someone told him that he sucked and he would never be good at streaming. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him. It took everything for me to not laugh, and I was like, "Look, Elijah, like you have to understand, like there are people in this world that are mean." Yeah, for you know, no reason. For no reason, you know, you just can't. You can't take that stuff personal. You can't take it at face value. You can't, and you know, my parenting style is very tough love. Like I'm very tough on my kids, and I feel like I need to do that because we live in a world that's just like so soft, man. Yeah, I th- I think he should start screaming. I might let him if he uh, if he wants to. You know, don't I think push at, him. I think at ten years old I might let him you know he'll be nine next year another year of that but just do some things like disable chat and stuff like that so he won't see all that nonsense because yeah. obviously there's there's people out there that don't care. Well I mean I don't think Fortnite's a good game to stream. It's um, a big game. It's a big game but the thing is you know it's a very toxic environment. It is. Like, uh, but it, that can go for anything. It's just like League of Legends. It's um Yeah. But um I mean I think especially with him growing up in this age, you know, it's a very digital world and everyone's doing it, you know? Yeah. And it's just a good way to to see what it's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't really, in all, in all honesty, I don't really see myself being a parent for a long time, if ever. But 
that's just that's, that's just the way I see it. You know. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's not for everybody. I have a good friend of mine who never had any kids, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people just don't want to have them. And yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, with I that. I love kids, you know, but it's definitely life changing. You know, you go from being able to do whatever you want and coming home whenever you want to uh, who can watch the kids and have to be home in a respectable time. And, yeah, you know. Well, I have a puppy. That's like having a kid. Basically. And see, I actually talked about this on a, on a different podcast episode about the difficulty of having a, a, a dog. Not just a puppy, but a dog. The dog is tough. It, it is. Because um, you can't communicate with them. You, they you don't learn over time. They can't take care of themselves over time. I had uh, that, that guy right there in his crate. He, um, we got him in 2009. Ten years ago, yeah, we um, my wife and I started dating, and I was I've always wanted a dog, and she gave me an opportunity to have one. And actually, I had a I had a pit bull when I lived in Massachusetts, and just didn't work out, and I had to give him back to the um shelter, and that really like bothered me. Um, but we got Jeter is his name, Uh, like Derek Jeter, (laughs) yes, like the baseball player. I'm a huge Yankee fan, and um. He he's good, man. You know, like I would like a bigger dog once Jeter passes away, but he's pugs are awesome, man. They're they're a strange breed, but they're a good type of strange. Yeah, I have a I have a beagle, dude. She's she's smart but dumb at the same time. Beagles are smart, but they're a weird breed, man. Dude, the other day I was playing with her, like I'm laying down and I'm like doing this hiding thing, and she does this thing where she likes licking your ears, and I shit you not, she jumped on me and then just jumped straight in the air and nosedived to the ground. Right? Why? I don't know. And like I, I, I watched her and she just looked at me like, let's do it again. Like she had that face and I was like, what the fuck? It's a demon child. Beagles are, they're a strange Yeah, dog. she used me as like a ramp to jump up and just dive that straight to the ground. and like corgis, I think that's what they call them. Not a fan. Of the, short, the short-legged ones? Yeah, those are... T- I don't even know why. I have a friend of mine who has like three of them, and I'm like, those dogs are ugly. But you can say the same thing about pugs. They have really strange faces. Yeah, they got faces. flat face. Yeah. but uh, Does he have any medical issues? Man, he actually went to the vet uh, Monday, and um doctor called me, and she said, um, you take really good care of your dog. He is in, and he's pure. Pure, pure breed? Yeah, you know, pure, pure yeah. breed dogs are, they have their medical issues after yeah, a while. Sure. and. She was like, he's in optimal health. Like, I've never seen a pug. And he's never eaten, like, any crap food. I've always spent, like, good money for, have, like, good natural food. And we take we, we take good care of him. And she said, you can tell that you take good care of your dog. And she said, I would not be surprised if he gives you another four or five years. Really? And he loves the kids, man. That's 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 the biggest thing. How me. is he on uh, commands? Do you train him? No, he's he'll get in his cage if I tell him to. Um, he's I guess his biggest issue is he'll eat stuff, just random stuff. Random stuff like we leave something out, he'll go through it. He's he's very smart. He really is. He he likes to manipulate a lot of situations. So we'll leave him in the house and he'll wait. Like yesterday, we left the house. I'm on vacation this week and next week, so I've been home. And my wife and I have been going out just trying to spend some time together. And um, we left him out. He looks usually sits up there by the um, 
by the steps. Yeah. The the middle layer. I don't know what they call it. The I call split. It the split. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so bad with that stuff. I tell you, I the only thing I understand is computers. <laughs> I like look at these hands. Like I don't work <laughs> on nice, cars. Uh, They're like pristine. I mean, yes, the, I can be a hand model. <laughs> and um, he literally waited on the split. We left. As we're rolling out, she comes back because she forgot something. And he was already in the our room <laughs> digging through stuff to eat. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, my dog, Coco. Coco's her name. Yeah. I want to name her Coca-Cola Chanel. Coca-Cola Chanel. But, um, yeah, she's super smart. Do you, do you use Kongs with uh, this guy? Mm, no. So we use Kongs. And you, the normal way you're supposed to do it is the dog is supposed to dig through it and, like, eat it. It's like an exercise, right? Yeah. But she realized that if you drop it from a high enough point, it'll all come falling out. So when we give her one, we have to avoid letting her get on the couch because obviously we're trying to distract her. Like maybe we're trying to eat or maybe we're trying to do something. But when we gave it to her, the first thing she does is try to get through it. But then she realized if she drops it from the couch multiple times, it'll just come out and then she doesn't have to work that hard. They're smart, man. Their dogs are extremely Yeah, I, I told our trainer, because uh, we go to Petco uh, once a week for training, and we told him, and he's like, in my f- like 10 plus years of training dogs, I've never heard a dog do that. Like, that's ridiculous. I, I don't understand how people like, like cats when there's dogs. <laughs> so you're not a cat person. Oh, I hate cats. They're just... Ugh. I actually like cats. Uh, cats are just... I'm allergic to cats. But that's the reason I, I wish I was allergic to cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I mentally hate. you're allergic. I just man, they're just such shitty animals. Well, I mean, you know, I I like them because they're they're solitary, you know, yeah. and they're really uh, they make you earn their love and stuff like that. Yeah, I get that. It's they're very kinda, uh, they're very primal, you know. I just I don't know, man. Like I get home sometimes, depending on where we're at. Like especially when we go to California or West Coast or Vegas or whatever. I um I get home by like one thirty two o'clock maybe sometimes three in the morning doesn't matter first person when I open the door Jeter's on that split saying what's up dad <laughs> the kids can be sleeping my wife can be sleeping but he's there he'll wake up drunk in sleep <laughs> walk his way down and lick me just to make sure to let me know that I'm home and he's happy does he ever did he ever have a separation anxiety when he goes to my mom's house so my mom actually has his mm-hmm. brother. Oh, okay. They're from the same litter. I bought them both. I actually bought them both for $100 or $50 a pop. Yeah, some guy was desperate to get rid of them. And um, I purchased them and gave my mom the brother. His name is Mac. He's a big, big pug. He's probably one of the biggest pugs I've seen. He's like 30 pounds. Jesus Christ. His paws are like this big, probably like five, six inches wide. Damn. He's huge, man. But he's smart. Like, he's smarter than my dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that he stays at my house. My mom goes on vacation. My dog stays at her house. And my mom will tell me, like, the first couple of days. Like, if we leave for a week, the first two days, he's fine. But, like, day three plus, like, he's at the door, like, waiting. Like, I just don't see how people can, like, get rid of their dog and put him in a shelter. Yeah. They've had him for, like, six or two t- a year. Like, how do you just give up on your pet? Yeah, man. I mean, Coco is like she's literally our daughter. Yeah, but they're. I'm telling you, that's that's our first child. Like Percy and I, that's our first. It's my first pet. Well, I had turtles growing up, 
but she's my first like actual interactive. I pet. had turtles too. I had a ready or slider. Same, dude. <laughs> I had like sixteen of them. No, I had one, but man, that one. Her her name was Jasper, but man, if you don't change those the water on those oh, turtles, dude, it gets dirty as oh, hell. Oh, it stank, dude. I had um. How big did they get for you? Uh, it's probably about six inches circumference wise. Okay, yeah, my mine got about about yay big. Yeah. Um, they got to the point where I could let them out on the yard and then we just crawl around. Yeah. But yeah, that was probably my first pet. Uh, I had but, mine in a tank and some water and it would come out under the lamp and I bought that special bulb for the vitamin D and they would like sunbathe. We fed them a uh, lettuce. In Ours the was just pellet. I was yeah. very traditional with it. We Well, we fed them lettuce and then, because I had 16 of them and they slowly started dying away and we we're like, oh, maybe we should feed them meat because they were like more carnivore than like herbivore. So kind of fucked up there, but yeah, we just did pellets and then um, we were moving down here and I was like, I'm not taking that thing with me. And some lady took it and they live forever too. Yeah. They live a long time. My boss actually has a macaw. Do you know what that is? Like one of those big parrots. That thing's crazy. Like just says hello and all this stuff, like animal talking to you and you're just like, okay, that's not normal. Dude. My, uh, my girlfriend had a monkey. Growing up in China. my actually, actually, my oldest was in the kitchen the other day, and she's like, I want a monkey. I was like, yeah, okay. Dude, they're tough to take care of. Yeah, they're just like children. They get jealous and everything. Well, yeah, and like they're smart, and they have opposable thumbs. I, I That's the rough part. I'm not doing a monkey. That's the rough part right there. All right. Where are we at? A little over two hours. It's been a good time, man. Yeah, man. I was literally, I was nervous. Remember, I was like, oh, man, I have all this anxiety, but. um, You're over it? Yeah, man. It's been fun. I really, I really enjoy it. Definitely 1010 would do it again. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, See, uh, I was uh, I was talking to Ahmed that we could do a group one. Yeah, we definitely should. And I know that he had mentioned that I could be your Jamie or something. Like, and stuff yeah, you could be my tech guy. Yeah, like definitely would help you out. Like definitely let me know if you need some do help. You, uh, do you watch MMA? So. I started watching MMA more as I started training, but it's not. I'm not crazy about it's, it. You're not a big fan. I, I mean, I'm a fan. You'll but watch I'm it not, when it's on. Yeah, I'll watch it when it's on. But I don't really know. Like, obviously, I know the big names like Khabib and McGregor yeah. and Alistair over whatever. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. You know, honestly, I don't know a lot about UFC, and I don't know a lot about the history of jujitsu. Like, See, I know. The, I want to do something like that. Yeah. Um, Battle Buddies is what we're going to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, heard, we're gonna, I, was, I was listening to the podcast and you guys were talking about yeah, that. That's we're gonna actually do a pretty good name. Battle Buddies. So what I want to do is I want to get some guys together. Um, I think at most I can have three right now. But um, yeah, let's get together. We can do some like fight analysis, like even jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like the past event that we had, um, the Spider Invitational. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? No, I, like I said, I don't, I don't spend a lot of, like right now my focus has been in, uh, trying to get into cybersecurity. So I'm okay. trying to learn that, trying to get some hacking skills just cause that's kind of where I want to end the next 20 years in my career. I'm just, so that's my focus. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you ever had time, you know, we could get together, we could, uh, set this all up again. Yeah. Have a little talk about that. Maybe, uh, we'll drink some beers and a metal drink water. That's yeah. fine. I mean, tweet your own. Do something like that. But um, you have any shout-outs or anything? Any uh, sign-offs? No, I, uh, I just thank you for coming all the way down here. and For sure, man. Um, putting me on here and talking for, with me for 
two plus hours. Uh, shout out to my guys as usual. Um, just Ahmed, thank you for uh, helping me along the way. Um, Sunshine too, very misunderstood, but he's a really good guy. <laughs> Sunshine, what yeah, a character. Jay and Mitch, just you know, just the school man. I really miss the guys and look forward to coming back, um, training with you guys. And you better not quit. Oh, I'm not gonna quit. I'm I, I tell people that, but there's like zero percent chance i'm gonna quit you've you've been a good addition man you're a good guy and you know we enjoy you we enjoy your style of jujitsu and it's very different from everybody everybody else kind of has a similar game just because we know we we've you know branched out from jay's game but um, the only thing ironic is uh we're called top martial arts i'm the only one that actually does like a full top game yeah you are uh our top game is uh it's good but it's not as good as yours yeah well it's a good thing i'm here I make the name a good name. Yeah, we and we we definitely got to start doing those privates. I know we talked about them. Yeah, just hit me um, up, man. Uh, yeah, I got to. Once know. this foot's back. Um, oh, now yeah, that I'm sure. not traveling anymore, I'm actually um, only traveling five, six weeks, they said, this year. So I'll be back on my Monday through Friday schedule. That'll be good. But um, I know we've talked about you um, getting into IT and trying to work that out with you and trying to help you do that man. yeah just do it it's it's a process it's getting there but it's a process it's just the key is just um finding someone to give you a chance yeah that's that's the toughest thing but um uh, yeah we'll, we'll end it here um yeah no sign offs no that's it man i just thank you again and uh yeah for sure shout out to all my guys at the gym and you know just thanks to my wife and just god and yeah glory to god that's amen man that's that's where we're at yeah and that was a conacon conacon yep. cabrera conacon cabrera yeah <laughs> everyone just called him i actually thought your name was con for the longest time uh, i mean it is <laughs> yeah like just con though yeah yeah but um, there's a lot of places I put uh, just con. I don't even put my full name yeah. unless it's like something to do with like credit. Then I put my full name. Yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, if you guys heard any background noises, please don't mind it. You know, it's just family things. It's Khan's family. But um, they were pretty good tonight. It was yeah, pretty quiet. It wasn't for the too most bad. Part. That food smelled amazing, though. I, I, I asked you. Hey, you well, I got food at home. Yeah. But, okay. We got to get, get back to my girls. But You um, need to finish that beer. You got about a quarter left. I will. Yeah, I'll finish it after this um, because I actually have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck. Peace.